4: Skyline Chili. Stop by Skyline Chili for a three-way or cheese coney today. Feeling good? It's Skyline time. This is ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station.
5: All right, there it is. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Uh, Welcome in. It's uh, Cincy 360. We are a uh, service... Of our good friends at uh, Skyline Chili, where any time...
0: do the brewers always yeah. seem to club us like a fat, naked guy at
5: Altamont? Yeah. Anytime you're feeling good and hungry, it's Skyline time. Uh, we, uh, we obviously have a lot to get to. This is not a Victory Monday. It is <laughs> as opposite as you can be from a Victory Monday. And uh, we will be wall-to-wall with uh, Bengals reactions. We will uh, dip our toes in with the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, or I'll dip my toes in with the Bearcats, um, I don't know if I have a producer anymore on this show or not. Um, We have a a Reds conversation because uh, even though we are uh, going into week three of the NFL season, the Cincinnati Reds have themselves in a nice spot going into uh, a six-game home stretch starting with the uh, Minnesota Twins. So we have a lot to get to as it pertains to uh, local sports. The Reds, by the way, half game back. In the uh, NL wildcard starting play today. Uh, so we have Red Legs, FC Cincinnati. Uh, they trailed 2 0 on the road at uh, Philly on Saturday night. They come back and, uh, and get a point out of that in a 2 2 draw. So we have a lot to get to, but let's not bury what any of this lead is. And that is the play of the Cincinnati Bengals right now. And in particular, I
2: ask myself would you hmm. give your life for Joe Burrow? Man. Because he gave his like for you.
5: Would would that ever hold more true than today? Joe Burrow, the calf injury, the talking point, at least in my opinion around this team right now, is that of Joe Burrow and that of what this means going forward for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, who yesterday fell to the Baltimore Ravens at home. and And we can reiterate as much as we want. The Ravens are 2-0. and It was a Baltimore team coming in without Tyler Lindebaum, without Ronnie Stanley, with no J.K. Dobbins, no Marcus Williams, no Marlon Humphrey. And the Ravens came in, ran the ball all over the Cincinnati Bengals, held the Bengals' offense to 17 because the Charlie Jones punt return accounted for the other touchdown. And the Bengals now stare... Owen oh two squarely in the face and not only that but they do so in a way that dooms worst case scenario I'm, I'm watching along in, in social media when when stuff like this happens is always incredible but I'm I'm following along and I, I see Jack Collinsworth uh, tweeted out yesterday the doomsday scenario that the Bengals are in right now because Joe Burrow could barely walk out to midfield, and Jack Collinsworth tweet he says this: Burrow could barely walk to shake Lamar's hand. A nightmare situation. You try to get him back fast, you still lose the first two games, and now that injury appears to be aggravated. So again, sitting here at two and zero, oh, Burrow has aggravated the injury. Maybe that moves on to something different, right? Maybe that moves on to, okay, maybe now you do take a week because you've built up a little equity and you rest him. Now on the other side of this is a hobbled Joe Burrow, an 0-2 start, questions on the defensive side of the ball and hearing the same thing I heard last year. Ah, They just start slow. That's just who the Cincinnati Bengals are. And to me, that's it's really not the case. To me, I, I look in this scenario and I say, it, it's not the same Cincinnati Bengals. The, the 0-2 start last year looked and felt a heck of a lot different than the 0-2 start this year. In particular, the reason that the Bengals are 0-2 is they've lost to two AFC North opponents. One in the Baltimore Ravens who are 2-0 and and one in the Cleveland Browns who have a chance to go to 2-0 and as well when they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight on Monday Night Football. So any way you slice it, it's not good. And I I sent out a tweet yesterday during the game that there is no, no way that you can convince me Joe Burrow was healthy. And then Joe Burrow went on to throw the touchdown pass and then severely limp off the field. He looked visibly like he was in some pain. And again, he could barely walk to shake Lamar Jackson's hand after the game. Nothing about the start of this season right now is positive, right? You can at least hang your hat. You want to hang your hat? Okay, the offensive line played better yesterday. Great. Joe Mixon ran the ball for four and a half yards of carry. Great. He only got 13 carries. So you got a, a running back in Joe Mixon that has 13 carries, in each of the first two starts and has ran the ball for over four yards per carry in each of those two starts only 26 rushes a quarterback who was hobbled a quarterback who was limited and a Bengals rush defense right now that week one against Cleveland was gashed and yesterday was gashed. Gus Edwards, 6.2 a carry. Justice Hill, 3.7 a carry. Lamar Jackson, 4.5 a carry. A Bengals defense that failed at any point yesterday to cover any part of the middle of the field. And it leaves you on this Monday having a lot of questions around the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, none bigger than the question around Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow yesterday carried the ball once for five yards. He was only sacked once for a six-yard loss. He did throw an interception, which we'll highlight later in the week when we do a a film breakdown. And he only took five hits as a whole. Five quarterback hits, one sack. That is a win for the Bengals' offensive line. But Joe Burrow can't extend the play. Joe Burrow cannot, cannot move in the pocket like he was able to do so effectively last year. He's stuck. Defenses can pin their ears back. They don't have to worry about him escaping the pocket, beating them on the run, which in turns allows the secondary to have to cover a lot shorter time frame. It also cuts a lot of the field in half because this team cannot throw the ball down the field right now. And when they do, it is fade routes down the sideline, and about half of those yesterday were uncatchable a red zone interception on a ball that seemed to float in the air for ages yesterday. And say what you want, and I know we have on this show. Say what you want about Zach Taylor as a play caller. I have questioned it to this point. So there is a play caller who you have to ask, is that the right man to be calling plays, who now has to call plays essentially with one hand tied behind his back, because he doesn't have a healthy Joe Burrow who's able to do all the things that make Joe Burrow special. A nightmare scenario. And a scenario, again, where I saw yesterday a lot of the same thing. They started 0-2 last year. They'll be fine. Austin, you did a little bit more digging yesterday, correct? Did you, did you evaluate... The zero and two start last year compared to the zero and two start
1: this year. I did, Tony, and uh, it's not really, it's not really on the same planet. So
5: you could say, and and I, and you could go into the stats on it, but you could say that they in fact aren't the same starts.
1: No, they are not the same starts. And I will say that the teams that they played this year are better than the two teams they played last year. Last year they started the season against Pittsburgh. And at Dallas, Dallas ended up making the playoffs. Obviously, Pittsburgh was was solid towards the end of the year. This year, you're going up against two teams that very easily could be in contention for the AFC North right there along with you. Weeks one and two in 2022, they had 51 first downs, 162 total plays, 686 total yards, 460 of them through the air, and 22 rushing yards Uh, 222 rushing yards on the ground. This year, they have just 25 first downs, 50% fewer, 111 total plays, 50 fewer, 424 total yards, 240 fewer, 304 passing yards, 160 fewer, and 141 rushing yards, almost 80 fewer.
5: So you could say last year's start, while 0-2, you could still point your finger and say, yeah, but they're doing things correctly they're building in the right direction they just got to finish a drive they can't settle for three things like that
1: correct and the big thing here to me those are all offensive stats the defensive stats are what's most concerning and I understand that Joe Burrow and the calf are the big story and this team goes as far as that calf goes but he is not getting a lot of help from the defensive side of the football because last year in those two games the Bengals gave up a total of 604 yards they've already given up 765 this year now that happened because they've part partially in in, in part because they've played um 22 def- more defensive snaps so i get that but you shouldn't be giving up 165 more yards in 22 defensive snaps so and the big thing here tony this is the biggest thing 28% opponent third-down efficiency in the first two weeks of last season. 72% yeah. opponent third-down efficiency this season. Teams are getting first downs 72% of the time when they are facing third downs against the Bengals. That is a recipe for disaster.
5: So so to me... I listen to those numbers and I say, okay, the defense isn't doing a good enough job on first and second down. Because if a team is converting that high of a clip on third downs, that means that team is in third and manageable situations. How many times yesterday did Lamar Jackson break free from contain and run for a first down? How many times yesterday was Mark Andrews or Zay Flowers or Nelson Aguilar or Odell Beckham Jr. finding open spots in a defense? And it makes you go back a week. The opener against the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson missed open throws. He bounced more throws in a game than you see a lot of times during the course of a season. So the defense on paper wasn't bad against Cleveland, but Cleveland left a lot of opportunities out there. Lamar Jackson did not leave as many opportunities out there.
1: I will say yesterday... Lamar Jackson was pretty damn good. Yes, that 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 to me that's a huge part of this as well. He made big throws when he had to, and the Ravens as a whole made plays. Like they made difficult catches. They made uh they they did the they did a great job up front against the Bengals defensive line, and and that should not be happening if that's the strength of your team. But I, I have to give the Ravens a little bit of credit because they played really really well.
5: With with that being said, though. Cannot reiterate enough what the conversation was this offseason, season. that is the Bengals winning a Super Bowl. and I, and I, like I, I tweeted it out yesterday, Tony underscore Pike 15, because all I was seeing and all I was hearing from people around me or people on Twitter is this whole conversation of that's what they did. They just start slow. In my opinion, that conversation is no longer viable. The expectation is a Super Bowl. Whether Joe Burrow is healthy or not, and I know that plays a key factor in what the defense does and what the offense is able to do, the way this team has started is unacceptable. A team that has goals of hoisting a Lombardi trophy, now you paid your quarterback to be the highest-paid player in the history of the NFL. Mm -hmm. And there's been no production. I I look at the
1: first week, and I'll give you that one. I'll give you a pass. I needed them to be better, but they weren't. On the road, tough conditions, I get it. Burrow didn't practice, all that. I'll give you that one. And I think coming back to this week, first drive of the third quarter, and we're going to talk about it more, but the Bengals drive the ball down the field, and they have a chance to score a touchdown. Awful throw, awful read by Joe Burrow. It gets picked off. The Ravens smell blood, they immediately attack. 51-yard bomb, they punch it in two plays later. Changed the entire momentum of the game. But the Bengals at least showed signs of life in that game where we saw the offense operate. We saw them move up and down the field. We saw them look like a team that can score points. But now, and and, and that was all with Joe Burrow being okay, he said he aggravated that calf injury on the second-to-last play of the game. So Which I now, don't buy. I I I don't think he was comfortable, but I think he really reaggravated it late in the game. Sure, he, he just based on the way I saw him limping around and then going to the the um, the muscle gun and like all that stuff. Like I, I don't think it bothered him nearly as much in the beginning part of the game as it did at, at that play at the last part of the game. Yeah, I was I was standing right there as he walked off the field. He he was not in. He was in a lot of pain. Was I just grimacing.
5: I question this from the Joe Burrow side. How many times have we seen Joe Burrow just take off and run this year? None to my knowledge. Once it happened once yesterday. In in the five the, the, run. the five yard run. Yeah. Outside of that, his pocket movement has been limited. He is not driving and 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 getting that hip through on the on the back leg of the throw, which we highlighted in a video I did last week, breaking down a couple plays, which we'll do this week again. That was my question last week. I watched yesterday unfold. Didn't see it any better. And then he re-aggravates it. So Mm -hmm. here's the million-dollar question going now forward for the Cincinnati Bengals. Because the Rams come into town on Monday. The Rams, for three quarters last night, gave the San Francisco 49ers all they could handle. The Tennessee Titans beat the Chargers yesterday. You could even say Arizona played pretty well for a half. Seattle goes on the road to Detroit and gets a win. Here's the question you're faced with now if you're the Bengals. Do you sit Joe Burrow, as crazy as this is to hear, do you sit Joe Burrow for a week, for two weeks, try to get him healthy? Does it take longer than that? There's people speculating they're going to sit him for three weeks, four weeks. We don't know the severity of the injury. But with a play caller who struggles at times in consistency, to ask that play caller to now call plays with essentially a hand tied behind the back, can you continue to do that going forward? My answer is no, because I feel like if you continue to try to put Joe Burrow out there limited, he's not going to play at the level he needs to. You're not going to be able to spread the ball out the way you want to because you're taking away half the field based on what he can do, and he's not going to get healthy. It's just going to linger and linger and linger. And more it does that, the more problems this team goes into and then you're throwing away a season where the goal was a Lombardi trophy.
1: I think the, the focus now shifts because the first two weeks of the year, I'm putting it on Joe Burrow for not playing well. I'm putting it on him for maybe not being 100% healthy, but being healthy enough before re-aggravating it at the end of the game yesterday and him not playing well. Now my focus shifts to what you just said. Zach Taylor, who many believe to be a below-average play caller, who now has to call plays with an injured quarterback. How does he and Brian Callahan and the rest of that offensive coaching staff, how do they tailor the offense, no pun intended, to make things easy on Joe Burrow and to lean on the run game? Because the run game has proven that it's good, but it can be better. They are not doing anything to make defenses respect their run game or respect throwing the ball behind them. Very little play action, very little RPOs, nothing under center. What can Zach Taylor and the offensive coaching staff now do to, number one, make things easy on Joe Burrow to be able to lean into the run game and get through this stretch over the next couple of weeks? Because if there's any time, at least as far as I'm concerned, to give Joe Burrow some time off to heal, it would be either after this week Against the Rams, assuming he's going to play this week, where you get Tennessee, Arizona, Seattle in a bye week, maybe he's off for a month and comes back at San Francisco. I don't know.
5: Here, but here's here's the but this team can't win without Joe Burrow. I hear that this this team they they will not win without Joe Burrow. This. Which, again, puts
1: the emphasis on Zach Taylor.
5: It puts the emphasis on Zach Taylor. It puts the emphasis, whereas if Joe Burrow hasn't been healthy, then why does Joe Mixon only get 13 carries a game? Exactly. Why is he dropping back more to throw? It was was, was a point yesterday, right before the half, the Bengals had run six offensive plays. And I get Charlie Jones had the return. That's great. That's awesome.
1: But... I know that you really feel like Burrow has not been entirely healthy, and I, I do agree with that. But I also think he's been healthy enough to play the last two weeks. Now, I don't know if he is. But the last two weeks, I think he's been healthy enough to play, and that has been communicated to Zach Taylor. So Zach ran the offense the way that, that he thought Joe Burrow could run the offense. Now, maybe Joe wasn't being entirely honest. But either way, now
5: things have changed. And now they can't. So now you're, you are behind the eight ball. Now you are 0-2. You have a quarterback that's hobbled. You've got Monday night football coming up, and you've got a season right now where your goal was to to be in Las Vegas, to play in the Super Bowl, two weeks in, and it already feels like it's hanging in the balance.
1: Yeah, 23 teams over the last two seasons have started the season 0-2. Only one of them has made the playoffs. It was the 2022 Bengals just last year. No team has ever started a season 0-2 and made the playoffs in back-to-back, back-to-back seasons. 2 and 0-2 seasons uh, in back-to-back playoff appearances. It's never
5: happened. That's now what the Bengals are up against. Got to get to a break. Uh, we'll get phone calls here in hour number one. I uh, want to look a little bit more on what happened from a breakdown standpoint early in that game yesterday that set the tone for how the game was going to be played. We got to look around the rest of the NFL. We will get to the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, we will talk a little Cincinnati Reds today. But uh, a lot to get to on the Cincinnati Bengals between now and 3 o'clock. Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Skyline Chili.
4: Now, Cincy 360 resumes. Brought to you by Safe Auto. Give us three minutes. Save up to 25% on ESPN 1530. Cincinnati Sports Station.
5: Three seconds to go from the 50. Down eight. Trying to get a free snap. Commanders don't jump off, they rush four. Russell in the pocket, now bounces around. Sets and throws the ball up in the air. It's gonna be short. The ball deflected, the ball deflected and caught!
3: Touchdown Denver Brandon Johnson!
1: Sutton deflected it at the three, Troutman deflected it, and
5: Brandon Johnson with one hand tipped it to himself. Good Guga (laughs) Muga. That the call of the night, uh, (laughs) the uh, Denver Broncos, they did fail to get the two-point conversion, so Washington hangs on to win that. That is our call of the day brought to you by our good friends at Win Schulers the, the tastiest. taste of good times go pick some up today for your tailgate or game day get together this coming weekend you uh, you will not be disappointed win schulers the taste of good times the Denver Broncos radio network very very uh, simple here for the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals all eyes now on Joe Burrow. Zach Taylor does speak to the media today. Hope to learn a little bit more from that. But that let, let's not let's not make this out to be just about the health of Joe Burrow. I understand that as far as this season goes, the team will go as far as Joe Burrow goes. That that's that's most quarterbacks in the NFL, especially when you got the 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 top three quarterback in the NFL and Joe Burrow. Here becomes the issue. If Joe Burrow is healthy enough to go out and play. Jamar Chase finished that game yesterday with five catches and 31 yards. Five catches, 31 yards. Now, T. Higgins stepped up uh, a week uh, into the season where last week he had zero catches. He went through the first quarter without a catch. He turned it on yesterday. He finishes with eight catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd had a pretty good game yesterday. Jamar Chase by many is considered a top 2 to 3 receiver in the National Football League if you're a fantasy draft player or a fantasy football player you knew that jamar chase for a lot of people was the first pick off the board this year this season and yet he had five catches well joe burrow's not healthy there are f- there are ways to find easy completions we've talked about this for a year now on this show, Justin Jefferson. When you go into a game against the Minnesota Vikings, the number one player you need to stop is Justin Jefferson. Thursday night, 11 catches, 159 yards. You go into a game against the Las Vegas Raiders, probably going to know Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of the looks. Six catches, eighty-four yards. Not a great day, but he had a touchdown, had a big impact in the game. Travis Kelsey, who we talked about for years, had himself a touchdown yesterday. For the time since Tyree Kill has left, everyone knows what when it comes to Travis Kelsey, that's their number one option. And yet, Travis Kelsey gets open. Last night I watched the Seattle or the Miami Dolphins. I watched him score twenty-four. I watched Tyreek Hill run all over the field. I watched Jalen Waddell run all over the field. And for years, or two years now I've I've watched Mike McDaniel get guys open down the field. So you go into a game against Miami, your goal is to stop Tyreek Hill. You go into a game against the Chiefs, your goal is to stop Travis Kelsey. Against the Vikings, you gotta stop Justin Jefferson. And yet those offenses do not let the defense dictate what they're going to do. The Bengals, in my opinion, are one of the only offenses that allows a defense to dictate things. Up too high safety, can't throw to Jamar Chase. Why? There's a million different route combinations. There's a million ways to get a guy open. Line him up in the slot. Put him in motion. Line him up in the backfield. You have to constantly change the matchups, and if you don't, you allow a defense to say, we're taking him away and there's nothing you can do about it, and right now the Bengals don't have an answer. And from an offensive coordinator standpoint, until you find that answer, whether Joe is 100%, 80%, 60%, 30%, I don't care, when the defense dictates what you do, you're going to be between a rock and a hard place. Jamar Chase should be getting the targets that Justin Jefferson is getting. Jamar Chase should be getting the targets that Tyreek Hill and that Travis Kelsey are getting. Jamar Chase should not be leaving a game where you needed to win to avoid falling to 0-2. Five catches on eight targets for 31 yards is not good enough. Joe Burrow's health aside or not. And until that gets better, this is the same conversation we continue to have. Let's take a couple of these phone calls when we get back. Cincy 360, on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station a service of our good friends at Skyline Chili
3: for every play of every game on the official home of the Bengals ESPN 1530
5: Welcome back Cincy 360 ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station a uh, service of our good friends at Skyline Chili. Anytime you're feeling good and hungry, it is always Skyline time. Thank you for uh, for joining along here on this uh, Monday afternoon, a uh, a losing Monday afternoon. If you follow along with the Cincinnati Bearcats, with the Cincinnati Bengals, the Reds yesterday, FC Cincinnati was able to play to a tie. We'll get to all of that. We'll get to much more around the Cincinnati Bengals as we continue to go on. Um, look. Every game is, is going to have plays that, that can swing a game. Tyler Boyd dropped a touchdown pass yesterday. That's that's going to happen. Um when you when you pop on the film, you, you have to ask yourself as a player and as a coach, did did you do everything possible during the course of the game to get the results you wanted? Right now, Joe Burrow is not doing enough. Joe Burrow physically isn't able to do enough right now. That, to me, is the storyline, and, and that's going to be anyone's. I'm, I'm not reinventing the wheel by saying that. But here's the problem. The Bengals are two weeks into the season. They're 0-2, and now the question is going to be asked, and Zach Taylor speaks today, what do you do with Joe Burrow? If Joe Burrow re-re... Let's say he he re-aggravated the calf. Let's say maybe it's not as serious as when it, when it originally happened, but if you watch Joe Burrow after that game yesterday, he's not anywhere close to 100%. I argue that he wasn't close to 100% throughout the first two weeks of the season just based off what I was watching from a quarterback standpoint. The throws he was trying to make, driving into the throw, that wasn't there. So if that's not there, how do you win if you're the Cincinnati Bengals? Is it because Zach Taylor is going to out-scheme the other team? Right? Is it is it because Zach Taylor is going to, to feed Joe Mixon 28 times in a game? Is it Zach Taylor is going to get Jamar Chase and T Higgins easy touches? Or, like the defense was called upon to do last year, Are they going to be able to hold the offense up when the offense goes through struggles? Because remember, there were times last year where the offense would struggle, but the defense would keep them in games. And let's call it what it is. In my opinion, the Cincinnati Bengals defense has still played winning football. Not great football, but with the talent that this offense possesses. I think they've played back-to-back weeks of winning football. I disagree with that. I thought they were terrible yesterday. I thought they got manhandled
1: up front. I thought that they totally left their assignments in the middle of the field. They did not do enough to put pressure on Lamar Jackson. They did not force him to beat him with his arm. They are giving up 72% of third downs so far this season. Inexcusable. They're terrible on second down. They did not rush him at all. They did not win against a banged up offensive line. They did not do the Bengals offense any favors yesterday. And quite frankly, if not for the terrible rain in week one, there were a lot of open receivers that Deshaun but Watson for, missed.
5: But for years now, Lou Anarumo has thrived in a in a bend but don't break scenario. Yeah. and They, they have they, given up yards. They're breaking. They're giving up more points. And right now in the red zone, they're struggling. Yes. So where do, you, where do you point the finger to that? The secondary? A lot of open receivers. Middle of the field was wide open for anyone to use, whether it was running or throwing yesterday. You don't have Jesse Bates. You don't have Von Bell. I, I point the finger at the defensive line and the linebackers. Other than that, there are no excuses. And again, you have made your calling on bending but not breaking, right? That's been the whole thing with Mahomes. They drive the ball. The Bengals hold to three, and that's a win. I agree. What happens now when teams drive the ball and convert in the red zone? Because red zone red is going to be a conversation throughout the day because I watched UC make ample trips to the red zone and come away with nothing as well.
3: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? they are also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
4: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
2: 18 plus. I came from a low income family that was, that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose.
5: I watched Miami bend but not break. Miami gave up almost 200 more yards to the Cincinnati Bearcats on Saturday night. And yet, the Bearcats scored a possible 16 points out of 49 possible points in the red zone. Bend, but don't break. But now, the Bengals have bent and broke. So, it's still the same defensive philosophy. How much of the defense changes when you have two young guys at safety? How much did Jesse Bates and Von Bell help pre-snap last year? Make sure DJ Reader's in that gap he's supposed to be. Communicating with the linebackers. Playing as a full 11 throughout the field. One can wonder that. The offense is going to be a talking point. And I'm so interested to hear from Zach Taylor today because this team can't win football games without Joe Burrow. I was down there for every practice of the preseason. I watched Jake Browning every day. This team will not win without Joe Burrow. Maybe against the Arizona Cardinals, but not against the Rams team I watched yesterday. Not against the Titans team I watched yesterday. Not against the Seattle Seahawks that I watched yesterday. This is worst-case scenario to start a Super Bowl window season. It's one thing
1: if you're – you're playing the same way that you did defensively last year where you're going to keep giving the offense opportunities to go and, and win the game. But when you're giving up 4.9 yards per carry, like the red, like the Bengals are on defense right now, uh, and teams are just going to ground it and pound it and drain the clock and limit the offensive plays that you have. You mentioned they had six plays at one point yesterday in the, in the second quarter. Like if that's the case, then the margin for error becomes even thinner. <laughs> and with an injured Joe Burrow and with Zach Taylor calling the plays, or maybe J- Joe is not in the game or whatever it might be, like you mentioned it, it is the worst possible scenario other than a season-ending injury But for that's Joe the
5: Burrow. thing. Now you're asking Zach Taylor to be something he has not been. Right. Zach Taylor has had unbelievable players around him, and he's given them opportunities. But how many plays last year did Joe Burrow make when the pocket broke down? Right. When he was elusive and kept a play going, and found Jamar Chase down the field for explosive gains. When he when he would fit a ball in between three three defenders and put a little zip on it, I haven't seen that yet this year. So, when the defense isn't there, and I know what the defense is giving up, Joe Mixon's also getting four point four per carry. One could argue where are more touches for Joe Mixon? Correct. All right. So so we're questioning offense. We're questioning defense. They're zero and two. They don't stop the season for you. They don't say, oh, Joe Burrow's hurt, take your bye this week. Now you've got to figure out how to do this on the fly. Can you get Joe Burrow through games healthy? Can he be the quarterback you need him to be? And here's here's the difficult part about all this. This is the window. This is the year. It gets harder after this. We've already heard the Bengals say, hey, we're not going to come out and we're not negotiating during the season with T. Higgins. DJ Reader's a free eight. Like, just the year to do it is now. The biggest window is now. And yet, week one came onto this show and talked about, man, how are the Bengals not playing with urgency? How did they come out and sleepwalk in that game? Why did DJ Reader say that? In week two, we're questioning Joe Burrow's health. Why Joe Mixon's not getting carries how Jamar Chase isn't getting targeted more and and, and catching the ball in open windows. Jamar Chase is catching flat routes with three defenders around him. The whole operation at this point is unacceptable for a team whose window is the most open right now to win a Super Bowl. And I've heard, ah, they just start slow. It's just who they are. No more. That can't be the case. Uh, let's break. Let's come back. We will uh, we'll knock out as many of these calls as we can at the uh, bottom of the hour here. Cincy 360, a service of Skyline Chili on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station.
8: Hey, it's Mo Egger. Losing two games to start the season is bad. But losing two <laughs>
5: Welcome back, Cincy 360, a service of Skyline Chili, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, and the home of the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot more still to get to on the Cincinnati Bengals uh, from now until 3 o'clock. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. Before any of that, let's get a couple of our callers Before in. Before we get to the calls,
1: just a quick FYI, the Reds made some roster moves today, and Graham Ashcraft' season is done. Man. He has been transferred to the sixty-day injured list. He has to have surgery on his right big toe, so uh, Graham Ashcraft done for the season. Harrison Bader, by the way, placed on the ten-day injured list with a right groin
5: strain. Red start a series against Minnesota coming limping tonight, limping to the stretch. Uh, We have not. uh, What let's go through what what callers want to talk about the Bengals today. Uh, We start with the Bengals.
1: Yeah, right now we can go to Jeff in Virginia, Jeff. What's going on or wherever he's at.
5: Well, on a diversionary note, it's
0: National Cheeseburger Day today, so everybody go out and get a beer and a cheeseburger at some point in time.
5: Yeah, ease your pain. Uh-huh. Ease your pain. Exactly.
0: exactly. So I think, you know, with Joe, Tony, you know better than anybody. You are an athlete. If he wakes up this morning in the bo- or tomorrow morning, the bottom of his leg is black and blue. It's four weeks on the IR. That, it's going to be that simple. Yeah, so, that,
5: that was um, the worrisome part to me was watching how limited he was walking across the field after the game yesterday.
0: Yeah, it, it's all in Nick Cosgray and the training staff's hands now, you know. Hopefully it works out, but it you know, he didn't look great in Cleveland. He didn't look great yesterday.
5: And it's it's so um, t- couple- it's so tough too because now as a as a player, you are always going to want to play. So in Joe Burrow's mind, he can still play. It is your job as a training staff to have to make the hard decisions if necessary, though. And that that is really hard to do when you just paid a guy to be the highest paid player in the history of the NFL.
0: Yeah, and, you know, just a few observations from sitting in the stands yesterday. You know, if Herb Smith gets that second foot down, if he breaks that tackle, he had like 40 yards to run if he can break. It was it was Herb Smith. It wasn't mixing, right?
5: Right, right.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talk about the little plays, and you talk about schemes. Uh, Terry McLaurin's running all over the field in Denver yesterday. He, yep, he's a great receiver. He's not as good as Jamar Chase, but he's just running wide open everywhere. Um, you know, on third and goal from the two-yard line, do you think they're going to throw the ball to Mark Andrews right at the goal line by chance?
5: Yeah, that. see, that's the uh, thing is that other teams know it's coming, and yet, they can figure out how to still make it work. Right now, the Bengals cannot do that. It is always, can Joe Burrow improvise? Can he make the small window throw? And can these guys make plays after the catch? That is no longer good enough. That is not going to get it done, especially with a compromised Joe Burrow.
0: What is the name of this guy from the Rams who's leading the league and receiving? The guy's running wide open everywhere.
5: Right, and so, so for that Rams team, for, for the Rams, who do not have Cooper Cup, and, and I would argue to say that unless you're from Los Angeles, you probably couldn't name seven players on this Rams team. They have a guy that has come out and, and completely rewritten the record books. Puka Nakua, out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere, already has 25 receptions on the season. He has been targeted 35 times on the season, and yet we can't find ways to get Jamar Chase... Easy catches in Cincinnati. That is frustrating.
0: It, it, it is very frustrating. And I know I'll let the other guys get on the line. I know you're frustrated about UC, Tony. I can't wait to hear you move on to that later on. And I want to hear your film breakdown on the interception yesterday. Yeah. because from where I was. As soon as Joe let that ball go, that guy, it, it was like the pick six in the Steelers opening game last year. As soon as that ball left his hand, that guy was on it right away. Yeah. So I'll be anxious to hear what you have to say about that.
5: Awesome, Jeff. I appreciate you, man. Thanks Great. for the call.
0: Thanks, guys. Have a yes, good
5: one. sir. Uh, let's uh, let's get to Mike here as well. Mike, what's up? Hey,
7: guys. Uh, Tony, let me ask you a question: Is 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 sixty is is a defense on the field for sixty-five or more plays kind of a benchmark for a tired defense?
5: Yeah. It, it... Yesterday, early in the season, it's different because it's it's warmer than it's going to be historically throughout the season. But anywhere anywhere getting over sixty in the NFL is a lot, and I I think it was more the first half yesterday because two three and outs, and then you had the punt return. The defense was out there a lot early in that game. Uh, it, that that's not to that's not to make up an excuse, but that's just sometimes you're going to be asked to play a lot more plays.
7: That's like yesterday. They talk about this vaunted uh, Jets defense. Well, they were on the field for 83 plays. Yeah, I mean, same even. A, even.
5: It, it was the same thing on Thursday Night Football. the The Minnesota Vikings defense was out there 75 plays compared to just 55 for the Eagles defense.
7: Yeah,
5: yeah, it's too much.
7: Too much, right? It just gets to be too much. No matter how good they are, they can get tired. Especially when they you have, have so a team that's
5: going to run the ball the first two weeks like like the Browns and Ravens have, when you when a team's running 70, 75, 80 plays and they're running a majority of those plays, it's demoralizing and it just beats you down through the course of four quarters.
7: Because they, whenever they brought Gus Edwards in, I thought, well, this is an automatic first down. He's going to run over everybody up the middle. And he did. Yep. He pretty much did. Yeah. But they beat us. So they had five starters out. Is that what it was? Total five
5: starters. The um, Marcus Williams, uh, Marlon Humphrey, J.K. Dobbins, and then two on the offensive line. Yeah, five five influential and meaningful starters were out for the Ravens.
7: And we're at home, and still no. I, I'm 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 very scared, like you are. This yeah. Bengals team right now, I really am. Hey, to switch to the Twins real quick coming in. You know they got the the sixth best pitching staff in, in the MLB. Yeah, yeah, They're the no Twins.
5: Twins have been really good from a staff standpoint. Obviously, Sonny Gray has been a a big part of that for them as well.
7: I appreciate it, guys. I know you got a lot of calls. Thank you. All
5: right, Mark. Thank you, or Mike. Thank you, man. Uh, Mark, we're going to get to your call. We got to get a little bit later because we haven't gotten into the Reds yet. I know you want to talk Reds. I want to switch gears and talk Bearcats. Unfortunately. Uh, when we come back, so Austin, you might just be able to sit this next segment out. Yeah, I think it's um, I think
1: it's best if I just stay away.
5: Yeah, we, with the red, you know, the you know, we'll we'll have you back for some bangles and and uh, and for some some Reds conversation. You Do might, you want me to put like some calming music on in the background? Yeah, you you it's might just, be like a therapeutic thing for you. You might just want to go ahead and unplug for about the next uh, twenty five <laughs> minutes or so before we get to backs. It's Cincy three sixty, a service of Skyline Chili on ESPN fifteen thirty Cincinnati Sports Station.
4: ESPN. This is Cincy 360, about Cincinnati, from Cincinnati. This is ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station.
5: All right, welcome back. Cincy 360, our number two ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Uh, still a ton that we will get to on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and uh, the Baltimore Ravens and, and what things look like going forward for the Cincinnati Bengals. do have to spend a, uh, a minute here. On what happened on Saturday night, nip at night. Uh, UC, I mentioned it 30 times last week, so I probably didn't help the matter. Uh, going into that game on Saturday night, UC had the best home winning percentage since the start of the 2019 season. They were 26 and 1. Going into uh, Saturday night, Miami of Ohio was coming into town. UC, two touchdown favorites. Miami wins. Uh, the battle for the victory bell it had been 16 in a row for the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats Miami wins they upset the Bearcats at Nippert Stadium the all-time series is now tied again in uh, in wins and for UC it, it now starts a run of a lot of questions that this team will have to answer In in very weird fashion, I kind of made this reference earlier in the show to what Lou Anarumo's defense has done in years past and what Miami's defense was able to do on Saturday night. They gave up, did Miami's defense, 538 yards of offense. Miami themselves had 358. UC had 31st downs to Miami's 16. UC ran the ball for 273. They threw it for 265. They dominated in every statistical category, and yet, at the end of the day, it was Blaine Gabbert and the Miami offense making the plays, I'm sorry, Brett Gabbert, that were needed. It started the first play of the game. Miami wins the toss. They have a player engage Gage Larvadane who I think going into the game was getting about 75% of the targets. He is just a speedster, 4-3 guy. Miami takes the kick. They win the toss. They take the ball. And on the first play of the game, throw a 79-yard touchdown pass to Larvadane down the left sideline. That touchdown pass changed the UC defense for the rest of the game. They didn't play much one high. They didn't blitz Brett Gabbert. He was able to sit back there. He had all kinds of time in the pocket. And when needed to, he tucked the ball and ran, converting many third and longs, fourth and longs. Um, He had nine carries for 75 yards, did Gabbert. And he was enough to will that Miami team to a victory. UC again, again, was hurt by the ability to not play the ball in the air, multiple pass interference penalties. UC was hurt by the ability to not score in the red zone. The Cincinnati Bearcats made seven trips to the red zone. Seven. That is a possible 49 points. And instead, the Bearcats scored just 16 in the red zone. The game was won and lost by Miami's red zone defense and UC's lack to perform with red zone offense. And it now opens up a whole slew of conversation for this Bearcats team who now will welcome Oklahoma to Nippert Stadium in the Big 12 opener this Saturday at noon. They then go to BYU the following Friday. What did BYU do this weekend? They just went to Arkansas and beat Arkansas.
9: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
4: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
7: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh oh oh!
4: O'Reilly Auto Parts.
5: So, all of a sudden, 2-1, you're going to be a, a dog against Oklahoma. You're going to be a dog at BYU. You do get Iowa State at home. You get Baylor at home. Uh, Oklahoma State, I I, I believe, I, I saw the, stat, the the score during the game. I don't know what it ended up. But at, at one point, Oklahoma State uh, was losing and did lose to South Alabama, 33-7. to Iowa State lost at OU 10-7. It was not a banner day for the Big 12, but you start to look now at the Big 12 slate opening up and how this team played against Miami, and there are concerns for the Cincinnati Bearcats. It's uh, it's one thing. Again, you win 16 straight games in the, the battle for the victory bell. You're going to eventually lose. The way they lost and it it wiped out one of the most gutsy calls you'll ever see on a fourth down inside the Bearcats' own 30 with just a few minutes left in a tie game. Scott Satterfield went for a fake punt, and it worked. The Bearcats had a chance with 10, 15 seconds on the clock to kick the game-winning chip shot field goal. It got blocked. So opportunities were there to just win ugly. Didn't play great, but here they are, three and zero. Here comes Oklahoma, big game on Saturday. Instead, the Bearcats fall flat at home for the first time in a long time, and now have a slew of questions that they will now have to answer going forward. Uh, the running game wasn't able, from a statistic standpoint, solid, but they they never really dominated on the run the way they have in the past. Emory Jones actually ran for over a hundred. Ryan Montgomery ran for over 100. Uh, Corey Kiner just 31 yards. Xavier Henderson had 140 yards on 12 receptions, yet inside the red zone, no jump balls. Miami was putting eight, nine guys in the box. No one-on-one throws to the outside. A little bit concerning for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Questions now to be had. Uh, questions like that of what JT has, who's uh, calling in right now. JT, what's up?
2: Hey, is this one of the worst like uh, Cincinnati sports weekends ever? It has to be up there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I went into Saturday thinking the Reds are going to be in, you know, in the wild card contention. The Bengals laid an egg. But, you know, most disappointing to me by far was UC's lost. I mean, we're Big 12. I thought, I thought UC was going to manhandle yep. Miami just like we manhandled uh, EKU. I mean, EKU and Miami, they're very similar teams, very similar conferences. You know, we're, we're Big 12. Especially – the Nothing against the Mac. you know. Um, but to Macs that point, JT, me.
5: to that point as well, they went to Pittsburgh and manhandled and out-physicaled Pittsburgh the week before.
2: Exactly. What is, what is this team's identity? What do you make of this? Tony, help me. My God. This is the worst Monday ever. I'm going to quit my job. I got a, UC, I got a University of Miami, Miami fan, and I have a Baltimore Ravens fan to the cubicle next to me. So I just called him sick today. So yeah, that's bad. But they're not listening.
5: Uh, yeah, JT. Good luck with that. I, I appreciate the call. I I don't know. I don't know to this point what they are. Uh, I don't know to this point what their mo is. I do know that they're balanced. I do know that they can run or pass. But Emory Jones missed multiple opportunities down the field. The The distribution of passes to wide receivers, we just talked about that with Jamar Chase, uh, it, it didn't feel cohesive. But again, 540 yards, seven trips inside the red zone, you should win that football game if you are the Cincinnati Bearcats. Instead, it leaves you here. I mean, if you score on half your red zone possessions, you'll win and you probably cover the number. But you don't, and now it opens up the door to a ton of, a ton of questions that this team now has. It is, uh, again, it, it falls on Scott Satterfield. It falls on the players to go out there and make plays, but you also tip your cap to to Chuck Martin and to, to Brett Gabbert and what they were able to do. And again, they come in, they win the toss, they take the ball, and they, they score on the first play of the game. Immediately changes the way the game is played. You're playing from behind. You're not as aggressive on defense. They were put on their heels early by a decision that Chuck Martin and that staff made, and you do tip your cap to that. But if you're Cincinnati, you lose the first victory bell in 17 years, and your reward is the Oklahoma Sooners coming to Nippert Stadium. This, an Oklahoma Sooner team, who if you're keeping track, and I know the opponents have not been there, have hung 73, 28, and 66 on their opponents this season. Can the Bearcats score enough? Can they keep up with Oklahoma? And can they regroup? Can they right the ship and get this thing turned around? If not, you don't want things to start snowballing uh, in a way that, that could make this a a very shaky run right now. Other college football action that uh, we can get to real quick because we got a few minutes over the weekend. Um, Georgia took all South Carolina could throw at them. They uh, trailed 14-3 at the break. They outscored South Carolina 21-0 in the second half to win that game. Michigan beats uh, Bowling Green 31-6. Florida State hangs on to beat Boston College by just two, 31-29. Ohio State did find their offensive rhythm. They put 63 on the, the board against Western Kentucky. Penn State rolled over Illinois. Washington just steamrolled Michigan State. Notre Dame wins. Of course, that sets up the game next week. Notre Dame hosting Ohio State. Alabama. Austin, is Alabama good? No. Alabama hung 17 at South Florida. That was a 3-3 game at the half. They beat South Florida 17-3. Florida um, rolled Tennessee. That game was not even as close as what the final score uh, would have shown. Oregon hung up 55 points, LSU wins on the road. Uh, Missouri against Kansas State hits a 61-yarder as time expires, a 61-yarder at the college level as uh, time expired. Uh, but for me, the game of the weekend was the game that was hyped it up to be and unfortunately is a game that kept me up until 2.30 in the morning on Saturday night watching Deion Sanders in Colorado against Colorado State. If you didn't see it, one of the most remarkable games I have ever watched for so many different purposes one being that Colorado State was penalized 17 times for 182 yards. They knocked Travis Hunter, the two-way player for Colorado out of the game. They sent him to the hospital on a late hit, a cheap shot as blatant as it was. Uh Shadour Sanders threw for 3 uh 348 and four touchdowns including a 98-yard drive with under 2 minutes left to tie it, send it into overtime. Colorado eventually wins in double overtime, 43-35. And again, this is a game that ended at about 2.30 in the morning on Sunday. But uh, it, it got me thinking, this is going to be what Colorado gets now. Because all the hype and all the love and, and the game day and the rock was there and and celebrities on the sideline, you are going to get teams that want to come in and embarrass you. And they're going to play sometimes a little dirty. That is what is now the normal when you have a coach that is not afraid to talk, and I love it. And you have a team that's not afraid to talk. Now, I'm I'm not condoning the cheap shot that Travis Hunter, but you're going to get teams that play on the border. You're going to get teams that 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 go borderline dirty, uh, and 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 try to make a statement. I see Colorado State players scoring and doing the Dion into the end zone or the Dion touchdown dance. It, it was it was an entertaining game, sloppy, but entertaining. I, I just can't do many two thirty in the morning starts. But from a college football standpoint, it does set up what I believe is going to be an unbelievable week for some of these top 25 matchups or just matchups in general. Florida State at Clemson, Oklahoma as we talked about at Cincinnati, Colorado at Oregon, UCLA at Utah, that's a top 25 matchup. Ole Miss and Alabama, top 25 matchup. You get uh, Arkansas at LSU, Oregon State, Washington State, top 25 matchup. Uh, Iowa-Penn State, top 25 teams, and of course – Ohio State at Notre Dame. Uh, right now, Ohio State, three-and-a-half point favorites. For what it's worth, you see giving 14 right now to uh, to Oklahoma. We're going to get to talk backs in just a few minutes. Mark has been waiting on. We're going to get to the Reds later on the show. I know Mark wants to talk a little Reds as well. Mark, what's up?
6: Okay. Uh, I, my, my point about – I just wanted to make a quick comment. You know, Austin Elmore made a comment about me last week about that I – I complain about coaches and managers. Uh, Zach Taylor, I'm okay with him being a coach. I just don't like him being a play caller. I mean, I quit on that. I mean, David Bell, after what I was told yesterday, I got to backpedal on my criticism of him about the lineups because if he's not the one making those lineups out and it's coming from a higher authority within the organization, then you can't really – Criticize him, and he can't say that publicly, you know, or he'll probably lose his job. Sure. So, so I'm a I'm just backpedal on that, and then I, I had a comment about the Bengals. Can I can I make yes, a sir. comment about the Bengals? Or, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, when I saw that game yesterday, uh, Trey Hind- Henderson playing uh, defensive end on running downs, I quit on that because he cannot stop the run. They're moving right on out the way. I mean, Sam Hubbard is good against a run. Henderson is not. Uh, I thought it was a mistake yesterday when they won the coin flip and they deferred the ball the more. And they took the ball and went down and scored that touchdown. I, I thought the game was in trouble right then and there. I thought they should have took the ball and put their offense out on the field and tried to get a score. Because last year when they turned things around yeah. and they went on that run, that's what they were doing. If they won the flip, they took the ball
5: first. Yeah, that was that was it, a it, talking point top. last year at, at different times of changing it up, taking the ball, and go go playing from ahead. Um, it, again, is that something that can jumpstart this offense? I don't know. I don't know how much this offense can be jumpstarted unless Joe Burrow is, is back to operating at 100%, which, which right now is the biggest I mean, question.
6: I mean, but I, yeah. I mean, you can say what you want to say about the offense. I mean, I agree with everything the play calling with Zach Taylor. We we having the same conversation conversation year in and year out yep. with him. But I'm worried. I'm worried about that defense. Sure. I, I am. I am truly worried about that defense because it looked like to me they can't stop the run. And Dax Hill, they matched up Dax Hill on that tight end yesterday, and. Andrews was winning that matchup, so I, I got more Bengals questions and concerns, but I'll space them out, know, throughout the week. So I'll get off and hear your opinion about, you know, that that uh, I'm worried about that defense. Yeah. No, so Mark, I, I I'll, I'll get off.
5: Yeah, thank you, Mark. I appreciate your call. Look, uh, I, I'm worried about the safeties. Uh, I'm worried about Trey Hendrickson, uh, Austin. To my knowledge, Ronnie Stanley did not play yesterday. That's correct. Um. Patrick McCarry did. Trey Hendrickson lined up over Patrick McCarry pretty much the whole game. Trey Hendrickson did not have a quarterback pressure. Lamar Jackson was hit once and sacked 0 times in that game. Yeah, he Hendrickson did have a sack taken away by a penalty yes. but uh yeah, and, and at any level the defense wasn't good. He was
1: one of the guys that was coming out of the game quite frequently because the Bengals were trying to beef up their their defense against the run. Uh, but it didn't really seem to matter. The Ravens did whatever they wanted.
5: Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's, it, it's one of those situations. Again, we, we got into the conversation so much last year about should the should the Bengals take the ball first? Should they? Should they go and 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 down and score? That's all you can make it with it, whatever you want. Until this team starts executing offense, defense, special teams, uh, it, it's going to be a, a lot of what we're seeing right now, which is the roller coaster of. Uh, of of emotions when when you watch this team fail to execute in so many areas of the game it it should not feel when you watch a game you you tweeted this last night Austin i believe about the dolphins you watch the dolphins you watch the vikings you watch the the Char- you watch these different teams across the league that have weapons they're fun to watch you could tell they are putting pressure constantly on the opposing defense i don't feel like opposing defenses feel pressure right now from the Bengals' offense. I don't feel like Zach Taylor is putting enough pressure on opposing defenses. I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like it is defenses dictating what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing, and that is not and will not be good enough. We'll get plenty more on the Cincinnati Bengals between now and 3 o'clock. What we do need to get to is a break. We'll come back with your talkbacks, the Monday edition right now of Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station.
4: Cincy 360 is back on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati's Sports Station
5: Is that time for talkbacks
4: Press Come the on. microphone and record your Can't message Can't wait to hear these today For Austin Tone Please keep it clean and don't be mean. Try to keep it clean. Add a
5: sprinkle, sprinkle Some people drip, are going to be mean today.
4: <laughs> it's that time for talkbacks. It's our favorite part of Cincy C- 360. Austin, buddy, play that talkback on your screen and please try not to sabotage it.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, there are some of these that are just so downright mean and derogatory I can't play them. Oh. But uh, this uh so that's not sabotaging. That's okay. That's me doing my job. Derogatory yes, him. I
7: understand Joe Burrow's got
0: a calf injury.
7: Yes, I understand Joe Burrow's missed training camp.
0: Yes, I understand the offensive line has not had enough time to gel. But when you score one touchdown on 21 offensive drives, that's 4%. When are we going to start screaming from the rooftops that Zach Taylor's play calling and scheming is straight up ass? It ain't cheeks. It is ass. Man. Question mark.
5: <laughs> question mark i mean you can go ahead on that yeah it's it's tough because and again i'm waiting on this is there's that football lingo we like to get into i'm waiting for the all-22 to drop yeah um be- i've been watching some of it
3: Eighteen
5: plus. It ain't on Zach Taylor. Yeah, there there is some that is, but there's also opportunities where Jamar Chase is open, and whether it is health or the calf or not seeing it, the throws are being missed. And uh, we'll we'll dig a little deeper. We'll 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 uh, we'll diagram some of those this week.
0: In the words of Marty Brenneman, "How we looking in the history of the NFL?" a team that goes 0-2 has a 9.6% chance of making the playoffs. Oh. You go 0-3, 3% chance. 0-4, only one team in history has ever gone to the playoffs.
1: Wasn't that like the 1970 Bengals, something like that?
5: Uh, yeah, you look, let's just call it what it is. If they don't win Monday night, we're, they're we're, not going. To the they're playoffs. not going to the playoffs. And and again, two weeks ago, we're talking about home field advantage for a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. Got to get it figured out.
0: Tough morning to be a Cincinnati fan. Uh, wow, Bengals, Bearcats,
2: Reds. Um, when it comes to Joe, I really think they should shut him down. The calf injury, it's a it's a, it's a lingering, uh, mysterious injury. And I'll tell you what, Joe is our future.
0: And if he if he if he blows his Achilles, it's a totally different story. He's he's our franchise, so I, I really think they should shut him down.
1: I I keep seeing people say that he's going to blow his Achilles. I know. Let's let's pump the can, brakes on can, that. Is there any scientific evidence? Maybe we get Bob Man Jean on. Yeah. Is there any scientific evidence to suggest that calf strains lead to Achilles injuries?
5: Something we'll find out from a, I mean Aaron, a certified
1: doctor. Aaron Rodgers strained his calf in April. He blew his Achilles in September. He was fully healed. He went through all of training camp. I, I, I don't know. People keep saying that. People keep tweeting it at us. I, I don't know that that's true.
0: Hey, fellas. Kiki here. Yeah, man, it sucks for 0-2 again. But you know what? I'm not giving up on his team. I'm keeping the faith. Man, a lot of people dump on Zach Taylor at times, and he deserves it with this poor play calling. But you know what? Let's talk about big game Lou He looked like mid-game Lou yesterday. (laughs) How do you not adjust to this Ravens team in the second half? You're giving up five yards of rush. You can't get off the field on third down. You can't get to Lamar with a banged-up O-line. Come on, guys. Let's fix this.
5: Yeah, everything, uh, nothing is alive. Everything is going to be highlighted by Joe Burrow and the calf right now, but that does not give Lou Anarumo a free pass, and that defensive front with two backups and no starting running back to get torched on the ground like they were yesterday.
2: Rapping Ronnie, but I got the blues. <laughs> Another early season, starting off at 0-2. I hate these slow starts, and I know you do too. But this time it feels different, cause Joey B is hurt. I bet he won't play next week, but I'm no expert. This all sounds too familiar, there you go again. I'm hoping week three sees us get
5: our first win. Come on, Ronnie. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ronnie. Blues rapping, Ronnie. Thank you, former president. Gentlemen. It's Chris and Milford here. What up, Chris? What, what what are Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan doing during the week? Because I don't think they're doing a damn thing. We can't get the best wide receiving core in the league open at all.
2: Can't scheme anything. But we got a dude in L.A. named Puka Nakua Ooh. who's got
1: 9,000 receptions yep. in two games and on pace for $4 billion. Yep. They can get him open. Why can't we get our dudes open? What the hell are we doing? Johnny, I need a drink recommendation, and it's only Monday dudes are open speak on it dudes are open trust me immensely frustrating game i've never seen an offense with so much talent make getting five yards look so difficult Ooh. i mean just steal all the plays that the dolphins use for tyree kill is it that hard
5: it's a copycat league go find something that's working <laughs> mike mcdaniel seems to understand how this works Okay. Mm.
1: Oh, is this?
8: Hmm.
7: <laughs> oh what? what?
5: <laughs> okay. Okay. Your response. Well, I would assume, why are you asking a question? Surely you knew what that was. I did not at first, oh. and then
1: I saw who left it, and it made sense. Yeah,
5: I just figured you would know who that was since, no. since that's your, your squad.
6: Yeah, only that sure's Tony's good friend, brother. Hey, brother. And a long time, no call. Yeah. Uh, just been dealing with some things here, and I, I just worry about uh, dealing uh, Gabriel uh, Picking the Bearcats apart this week. I'm a Bearcat uh diehard from way back. Anyway, I'm just worried about that. Go bearcats.
5: Hmm. Mm. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot to watch on Saturday. I know that.
1: I believe that's Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Week, Dylan yeah, Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. Morty,
9: Adam in Milwaukee. <laughs> calling with a Cheeks update for the weekend. Okay. Bengals season, Cheeks. Zach Taylor's play calling, cheeks. Joe Burrow's calf, cheeks. (laughs) NFL officiating, cheeks. (laughs) The Reds, cheeks. Mark's phone calls,
5: cheeks. Man.
9: UC football, double giant booty cheeks. Man. Bye, Marty.
1: The Reds won two series in a row on the road. Right? I mean, that's pretty good.
0: Tony and Austin, it's Tony from Cleves. And hey, I'm Tony. raise your blood pressure probably, but I know it's taken a few years for it to happen, but with everything that's gone on lately with the Bengals and Joe Burrow, has Joe Burrow finally started to succumb to being Bengalized? No,
5: stop. No, he's not. <laughs> We're not doing that.
0: Everybody be sure to vote no on issue 9. Let's ban the screen pass from the Cincinnati Bengals
1: offensive playbook. You know, Joe Goodberry, friend of the show, had a stat about the Bengals' screen passes. And uh, the Bengals are one of the fewest screen pass teams in the NFL. Shockingly. Think about this. Your quarterback's got a bad calf. You're just giving the ball to your best players out in space. Can I say one thing? part of the game. Can I
5: say one thing from watching the NFL? Sure. Bengals have a pretty good wide receiver core. Mm Mm-hmm. Ability to get down the field? hmm Why is it that every other team in the league has perfected running receivers down the field, letting the defense drop back, and then putting a running back five yards over the ball and taking a completion? I swear, I watched the Philadelphia Eagles do it 10 times a game. The Bengals did that a lot last year. It, but everything is to the flats when it's to the Bengals running backs. Last year, Mixon did, had a lot of catches inside the, there the, is, the hashes. There is no reason... That you couldn't get a free five yards every time you wanted to by simply letting the defense drop and taking the running back out of the backfield. There were a couple times
1: yesterday I thought Travion Williams was open Damn. and didn't get it to him.
0: In my opinion, the Bengals' biggest concern is Joe Burrow's health. Not the record. We play 17 games now, not 16. We had the hardest opening two games of any team in the NFL. I mean, Joe Burrow's hobbled. We almost beat the Ravens. We weren't going to do better than 4-2 and two in the division anyway. So let's just get mm. Joe Burrow healthy, and then we'll get hot and we'll be fine.
5: What does okay. it mean to get Joe Burrow healthy other than sitting Joe Burrow, which you cannot win without Joe Burrow?
2: I wasn't really looking for it on Sunday, but is Miles Murphy still a member of this team? Ooh. Like, I didn't hear his name get called once, or in week one. Or is he just not
5: playing? Uh, No, he's playing. Uh, He just did not have an impact on the game. Miles Murphy does not have an elaborate set of pass rush moves.
1: Uh, I think he is more of a developmental player. I don't think that's who the Bengals were initially targeting in round when one of the draft. you
5: draft a player number one overall?
1: Well, they picked him like 23rd overall.
5: I'm in the first round? Yeah, a first-round pick. He not number he, one overall. I don't have the number of plays that he played on Sunday, but he did not register a statistic in those plays.
6: This is Mr. Defcon. I play the Bengals right now, Defcon 2. Ooh. No innovation on offense. A porous run defense mm. and a hobbling Joe Burrow. The alarm is DEFCON two right now with his mentor, mm. Mr. McVeigh, coming to town, who is not going to go easy on him. I pray they beat the Rams. I forgot. If not, we'll go to
5: DEFCON three. I forgot that's that's McVeigh and Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. That's why Zach Taylor's here. You know where Sean McVeigh went to college? Oh no.
0: This Owen.
5: You know where John Harbaugh went to college? It was all part of the cradle of coaches.
0: (laughs) This 0-2 is not the same as the last 0-2. It is very clear that Joe Burrow is not 100%. It is very clear that there is something off about this team in general. They are missing something. And what that is, I don't know. Call it chemistry, whatever you want to call it. But something is missing thus far this season. And it can't be all put on Joe. It can't all be put on coaching. There's a lot there. I agree. There's I, a lot
1: there. I, I wrote down in my notes where is the passion? Where's the physicality? Where
5: is like the the desire? Where's where's the, the the urgency from a team that is supposed to be in the Super Bowl that started 0 2? Like where is the where's the nasty? Mm.
1: I mean, the only person I saw yesterday on the field that it felt like they had that was Logan Wilson. And I don't know that Logan Wilson necessarily played very good yesterday. Yeah. But where's that Ted Karras that was running off the field in Tennessee, screaming his his head off? Mm-hmm. Because Jesse Bates and Von Bell weren't those guys. No. But where is the where are the glass eaters at? Where's that angry, nasty mentality? Where's yeah. the physicality? Where's the pride in who you are? Which again, and where's your pride in being the big dog? Which again, it felt though, like everybody was patty caking yesterday. But but Bengals if that's the case,
5: soft. and and you got glass eaters up front, and you're running it for over four a carry with Joe Mixon. Where's the lineman going over there and saying, run the ball? Mm -hmm. Put it behind us. Right? No one wants to do that.
8: Super Bowl? Huh? Y'all talking about Super Bowl? I just like to win a damn game.
5: Man. By the way, I did find it. Miles Murphy played 19 snaps yesterday.
8: Hi, this is J.D. from Chicago. What up, J.D.? I look at Joe Burrow, and I consider him to be the A.I. quarterback. It's like he has to sit there... Early in games, first series, second series, he's collecting data, he's, he's compiling everything the defense is showing him, and then once he starts getting that book of information, then he starts exerting his true abilities and building towards the end of games.
5: Uh, I would love to go with that, but he did throw a costly interception in the red zone yesterday on the, the first drive of the second half, and he's not able to move around in the pocket yet.
0: Joe Mixon been running it real nice. Yeah. Please give him the ball more. Try to come up with some more ingenuity on offense. The defense body language I didn't care for it some yesterday. I thought Baltimore played a great game. Lamar Jackson played great. It's definitely time to hit the
5: panic button. I agree. I agree. We we put it as much a We, we put it Rob as close to a must win as possible last week. We we didn't say must Good win, afternoon. but it was close. Good afternoon,
7: gentlemen. This is Rob from Michigan. Hey Rob. I seen a stat this morning. This is Joe Burrow's fourth season. His record starting the season out, the first two games, his record is 1 and 7. In the immortal words of Marty Brenneman, how we looking, gentlemen? <laughs> Not,
0: Not good. good.
5: Not good. Can't argue.
0: I want to change my Super Bowl prediction to Dallas against the Dolphins. Early seventies, old school. Man, Dallas looks so damn good. I like the guy saying Mark was at the police station Friday. That was some funny stuff there. <laughs> uh, my blood pressure's been real high lately.
5: Bengals ain't helping. Yeah, Bengals got to help you out, man. By the way, saw Mark. Mark came to the grail yesterday. Wow. Not the picture. Shout out to Mark. Mark uh, Mark in Columbus? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Man, the Bengals and the Reds lost yesterday. Mark's probably been waiting on hold, licking his chops since about uh, midnight. <laughs> and uh, Strawberry Shortcake, will you please not stand in the aisle the entire game? <laughs> Thanks.
1: I was pretty close to Strawberry uh, man. Shortcake on Sunday. I am. There was a fight next like right next to me in the the stands on Sunday Couple as well. fights it looked like. The guy who who got the headbutt? The guy who gave the headbutt that's going around, did you see that? I've seen the video, yes. Yeah, so that guy was involved in the fight next to me. Oh man. That got him originally in handcuffs. Okay. And then they got him up there handcuffed him and he headbutted the other day. It was a crazy day in the stands. Have a day. Boys Bushwhacker from the bird. Hey, Bushwhacker.
0: Pressing Monday in honor of the upcoming White Bangle, Tony. I need some White Bangle-striped boxing gloves so I can take care of Blake Mazlin and eliminate this ridiculous hype commercial with what? a bunch of bozos in generic orange shirts jumping around with four fingers in the air. <gasps> Help!
5: Is there anything that and says... Oh. You
0: get 30 seconds a day, bro. Tony tweeted it out during the game.
5: Oh. Uh, do, is there anything more hey, we're back to football season, The net commercial right before kickoff? <laughs> to me, no.
1: Oh, no, I haven't watched a game on TV Man. yet. Start, bench, okay. cut.
0: The Bengals 0-2 this year. The Bengals 0-2 last year. The Bengals 0-2 next year.
5: <laughs> I'm going to cut next year because it just hasn't happened yet. Okay. I will bench uh, last year because that's in the past, and I'm going to start where we're at right now. I'm going to bench next year.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this year. I'm going to start last year. Okay. Fellas,
7: stick food right, from the stick. 600 block of Jefferson Ave. Oh. <laughs> now, I can understand the Bearcats losing the victory bell in Oxford, but I cannot tolerate losing at home to Miami. Also, Florida and Tennessee, who fights with helmets on? Who swings with helmets on? I don't get it.
5: Not smart people. Not smart people. I thought after watching Saturday night, I thought there was going to be some more fights in that Colorado game. Woo, <laughs> doggie. Hey, Tony
1: and Austin. Sidney John here. Okay. I don't know if I missed it, but when did the Bengals announce that Scott Satterfield was going to be calling the uh-huh. red zone offense?
5: Uh-uh. Yikes. Uh-uh. Too early. Yikes. Too early. Oh, so man, need it. Good, I'm not doing too
9: good. <laughs> I, uh, I got an idea. Maybe we trade Burrow for tree number one <laughs> and draft Caleb Williams.
5: Tree number
9: we're
1: going ones. going 0-17. Oh, no.
9: All right, I just wanted to say something really, really stupid. <laughs> simple. Burrow plays better, they'll be fine.
5: There it is.
9: It, they won't. I'm optimistic.
5: Who they? And it, that is simplifying it because when you pay a quarterback – the richest contract in the history of the NFL, you're paying him to be the best quarterback in the NFL. And Joe Burrow, as currently constructed with the the limitations physically, is not able to play at his top ability.
1: Hey, guys, why does it feel like the Reds are the only hope we have for getting to the playoffs? Wow. Because they are?
5: Should we redo the the at poll the, question? At the
1: moment, because they are.
5: Should we redo the poll question?
1: Hmm. this work now hold
5: on no that's fine hey guys true mason hey drill not gonna lie feeling a little dead inside today
0: oh. so i'm sure just about everybody else is but i did have a pretty all things considered pretty good weekend i was down with josh and all the other brothers and sisters in the bailey now uh, nice at their uh uh at the Bengal jim's tailgate the first time i've ever been there <laughs> That was awesome so i'm doing that again for sure but uh yeah damn man
5: Ever since, uh, ever since your bartending night at Augie's, Drew has, uh, has been able to get to some FC matches thanks yeah. to our, our brother in the Bayley. Hey, guys.
3: Steven Centerville. My take on the whole Bengals game and what's going on with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins to an extent is Joe can clearly not get the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. He's I think the longest pass he threw yesterday was 15 yards. The defense knows it. They're sitting on everything short. Nobody's getting open on crossers or anything like that. And the offense is suffering for it. So I, I hate to say it, but I almost think he should sit down because if he's going to not be able to use his arm, what is the whole point of having him in there?
5: Yeah, it is. Uh, I, again, I, I am looking forward to hearing. And, again, we, we probably won't get it today because they, they keep stuff pretty close to the vest. But hearing from Zach Taylor today should be very, very telling
1: yeah uh i there's about a page and a half that i didn't get to we just simply don't have time for it today so my apologies about that but uh, if uh if you left to to talk back
5: today run it back tomorrow don't just stop because it's it's monday run them back tomorrow we'll get to them but uh we appreciate those today we'll get to a break we will uh, finish up hour number two when we come back right here on cincy 360 the home of the Bengals on espn 1530 cincinnati sports station
4: 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station Bengals line tonight at 6 on ESPN 1530 the
0: official home of the Bengals
5: alright welcome back here Cincy 360 there it is that's what I was looking for here because uh We've just got a couple more minutes. We'll be football again in hour number three, but a couple minutes on the Reds. I'm assuming that means we have a Reds lineup. Yes,
1: indeed, it does mean we have
5: a Reds lineup. Reds and the Twinkies tonight,
1: 640 at Great American Ballpark. Tony, believe it or not, the last homestand of the year for the Cincinnati Reds happens... This week, this is how they will line up. And Mark, get ready, buddy. You're oh, going to no. love this. Oh, no. Leading off and playing second base, Jonathan India. Oh. TJ Friedel bats second. He's in center field. Spencer Steer is the third batter and left fielder. Jake Fraley bats cleanup. He's the DH. Tyler Stevenson bats fifth and catches. Joey Votto bats sixth. He's at first base. Ellie De La Cruz bats seventh at shortstop. Noel V. Marte is the eighth batter and third baseman. Will Benson bats ninth and plays right field. Connor Phillips gets the start tonight. That was part of the transactions announced earlier today. Connor Phillips back up to the big league level. Once more for the Reds, 640 tonight against the Twins. It is India Friedel Steer, Steer, excuse me, oh. India Friedel Steer, Fraley Stevenson Votto, De La Cruz, Marte
5: Benson with Connor Phillips on the mound looking uh looking ahead to this week you mentioned the uh the, the last homestand of the season uh there is also this the teams that are currently ahead of the uh Cincinnati Reds the Cubs have come back down to earth at a uh, at a fast clip right now they've lost five games in a row the Reds are just a half game back of the Cubs the Cubs host the Pirates uh starting tomorrow. The Miami Marlins are going at it against the uh, New York Mets. I believe that series is uh, is at home as well for the Miami Marlins. And then Mm -hmm. the Diamondbacks, who are ahead, they also are at home to start the week. The San Francisco Giants, who are below the Reds, but a very meaningful series there. So if you are scoreboard watching for the Cincinnati Reds right now, Arizona, Miami, and Chicago. Those are the teams mm-hmm. that you want to lose baseball games going forward. Arizona just finished off a weekend sweep of the Cubs. The Reds are
1: now half a game back of the final NL wildcard spot. They're half a game back from the second place in uh, in national in the National League Central behind the Cubs, who, like you mentioned, have lost five games now in a row. So uh, certainly, a uh, an opportunity coming up this week for the Reds against Minnesota, who is not so bad in their own right. I think there's something like seventy nine and seventy one. We heard Mike mention earlier how good their pitching staff has been this season. They've uh, basically been in first place all season long in the AL Central, which is traditionally a weak division. But Minnesota is still a first place team on their way to a division crown.
5: By the way, you you mentioned that division. Uh, The Twins, 79 and 71, have a seven-game lead in that division. Tampa, who has won 92 games, is two games back of Baltimore in the AL East. And Texas, who also has won 82 games, just a uh, game and a half back of the Houston Astros. The Mariners have won 81. They are also uh, two and a half back.
1: I mentioned also the transactions that the Reds made earlier today. We talked about it earlier. Graham Ashcraft, his season is over. Uh, as he has right big toe surgeries now on the 60-day injured list. Harrison Bader goes to the 10-day injured list with a right groin strain. The Reds returned from a rehab assignment and reinstated from the COVID-19 list left-hander Alex Young. They selected from AAA Louisville right-hander Connor Phillips, who I said will start tonight, and they optioned to AAA Louisville right-hander Carson Spears.
5: From Spires. a uh, How do I say yeah. it? How do you say Spears. that? Name? Spears, Spiers, whatever. whatever. Anyway, yeah. um, remember, remember they, that bench uh, coach
1: Chris Spire? Yeah. What a guy.
5: Hey, they are missing. They will not go against Sonny Gray this series, though. Mm. So the former Red will, uh, will not be pitching. One quick note here to to carry things into hour number three, because this was one of the first things. I believe you tweeted this or uh, you text this to Mo and I last night as, as looking ahead to this week, the uh, Bengals. Monday Night Football line Mm -hmm. opened at six and a half. Yes. Any idea what it's at now? I saw this. Two. Plus two. Two. For the Rams. So a four and a half point difference overnight. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with the health of uh, Joe Burrow, which ideally we'll find out more about today. But for now, let's break. Let's move ourselves into our number three. Plenty more on the Bengals. Plenty more of your phone calls. 513-749-1530. We got the Tony and Mo football show coming up later this afternoon uh, three to six, I believe that's the uh, in uh, Westchester Twin Peaks. And uh, when we get back, I would like to spend a minute talking about Burrow in the pocket and uh, really uh, if you dive into what these statistics look like, it might give you further indication onto uh, what Joe Burrow is currently dealing with and what Zach Taylor now is a play caller we'll be dealing with going forward. Of another hour, 513-749-1530. Stick with us. The home of the Bengals, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station.
4: This is Cincy Shirts, Cincy 360, about Cincinnati, from Cincinnati. Sponsored in part by Cincy Shirts. Cincy Shirts, all Cincy, all day. This is ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station.
5: Welcome back, Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our friends at Cincy Shirts. Download the app now. Uh, some awesome exclusives. Uh, you'll be uh, you'll be laying your eyes on uh, shirts that aren't even released in stores or on CincyShirts.com yet. So download the app and uh, be the first to uh, to score with some awesome stuff from Cincy Shirts. Um, I want to get to a couple phone calls in just a few minutes here, but this uh, – do you remember how people reacted during training camp when Jamar Chase said that I told Joe not to come back till week five? Everybody's like, "Oh man, that's crazy." Mm-hmm. Now, seeing what we've seen through two weeks, and now seeing how far behind the eight ball this Bengals team is, it it it's holding true now more than ever. And the Bengals had, and again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. How many times, Austin, in just the times where I would go down to training camp and I would check in with you, how many of those days did we talk about backup quarterbacks? Most of them. And opportunities to go out and get somebody in case of an emergency? And the Bengals didn't. They played their hand. They wrote it out with Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon. And now I feel like it's it's coming back to bite them. Now I feel like it's a problem because – you know, it, if you went out and got a capable backup, it's not an ideal situation, but would you feel better? Let's say, and again, I know Nick Foles was a lot of money. Would you feel better about the situation right now with Joe Burrow if you could say, you know what, let's sit Joe for a couple weeks, let's have Nick Foles start for two weeks, or Jake Browning starting for two weeks?
1: I would say there's there's no. No free agent quarterback out there that would make me feel good. I would rather go with a Jake Browning I feel or like somebody who's already on a roster.
5: I feel like they could win with a Nick Foles.
1: I don't. I watched Nick Foles last year. I don't feel that way. I've watched Nick Foles for a while. Yeah, well, Nick Foles a while. With the,
5: that was 10 years ago. Nick Foles with the weapons that the Bengals have? Yeah,
1: but again, if we go back to the offense, if it's not easy on Joe Burrow, why is it going to be easy on Nick Foles or anybody else?
5: Well, because so, he's at least healthy.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's at least healthy, I guess. Cam Newton? But to would you me, take Cam Newton right now? No, I wouldn't take Cam Newton. Man. I, I would – here's – you know, this might be a hot take. There's two guys I would look at. Number one, a fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick, something like that, for Brandon Allen. I mean, obviously the Bengals didn't think that, that highly of him going into this season. Correct. But – do you feel better about him than Jake Browning?
5: All right, let me ask you this: If you were to the other Burrow- guy,
1: the second guy would be, and this would be more expensive, Andy Dalton from the Carolina Panthers. Andy Dalton had a solid season last year. Mm-hmm. He knows at least at the bare minimum some of what Zach and Brian do. He's obviously familiar. Can Andy Dalton be the bridge quarterback for a month while Joe Burrow gets healthy?
5: No, neither of these names do anything for you, Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz. No. As quarterbacks that have been around, that have played, that have started, no, that have had success no. in the playoffs, you would rather throw. Carson Wentz has not had success in the playoffs. You would you would rather throw Jake Browning or Brandon Allen out there over Matt Ryan? Yeah, ludicrous. Dude, Matt Ryan stunk last year. The Colts stunk. Yeah, last year Matt Ryan stunk. Matt Ryan he retired. When he had Julio Jones was really good. Sure. Matt Ryan throwing the ball around to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, handing it off to Joe Mixon. Now, I do think if, if Joe Burrow had to sit, they would have to run the ball more, which isn't the worst thing in the world right now. But listen to this stat. Joe Goodberry tweeted this out earlier today. And, and I think this shines the, the biggest light on what I've been saying now since week one is that Joe Burrow doesn't look healthy Joe Burrow is currently throwing the ball at 2.21 second average. That is a blistering pace and the fastest in the league. So far through two games, 69.7% of Joe Burrow's throws are released under 2.5 seconds. That is the highest rate in the league. On throws, longer than 2.5 seconds. That would be pushing the ball down the field. He is the third worst graded quarterback according to Pro Football Focus this season. That to me screams out that he cannot push the ball down the field that to me echoes the sentiment that he is not healthy enough to step up drive the ball down the field and make something happen getting the ball out quick not moving around in the pocket everything that makes Joe Burrow elite everything that makes Joe Burrow give the edge that he has been given is not able to be utilized and then I saw this Yesterday, I'm getting sent these links. Patrick Mahomes has struggled to start the year. What did Patrick Mahomes do yesterday, even though he struggled? Found a way to win a football game, right? Against a good team. You you think, Austin, that Jacksonville is a good football team this year. I think Jacksonville is a good football team this year. Patrick Mahomes wasn't great yesterday. 29-41, two touchdowns and a pick. What did they do in Jacksonville? Found a way to win against a good football team. We circled all these teams that struggled in week 1. What are they going to be in week 2? Buffalo, they answered the bell 38 to 10 over the Ravens or uh, over the Raiders. The Seahawks, who who I think are a trendy pick, they lost week 1 at home. They come back on the road in overtime they win in Detroit. Found a way to win. You could argue that the Tennessee Titans who hosted the uh, the Chargers, who are now 0-2, by the way, as well. Um, the Titans, find a way to win. You've got to do it in the NFL. You've got to find ways to win football games that you shouldn't be winning or that you're not at your best. And other teams have, and the Bengals have it. That's a problem. Check the AFC. Right? We, we talked about all these teams from a conference standpoint that the Bengals are going to have to look up to. Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Las Vegas, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee. All teams the Bengals would have to jump over right now. And those teams are going to struggle. Teams are going to lose. Bengals will win football games. But the margin for error in an already deep and talented AFC is minimal. And what the Bengals do with that or don't do with that is going to tell a lot over, over the next few weeks here. Uh, Perry is uh waiting to talk to us here. Let's go to uh Perry. What's up man? How are you?
3: Okay, round 2. Name something
5: that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
3: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba, J- ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
9: I'm uh, not good, man. Uh, I told you also that the Cleveland game, that Zach should have been fired for putting an injured Burrow in the game in the ring. And I told you that Chase knew exactly how bad Burrow's calf was. You guys, like, blew it off. But anyway, I think this year, over 2 is so much different. We don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we got all oh, hard games, real hard games. And I don't, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. And it's really going to be bad. It's going to suck. But I want to get to my other point, Zach Taylor. You know, Dallas, they changed their playing caller. I know Mike Brown's not going to go downstairs and tell him Zach, hey, you ain't calling the players. Callahan is. Joe Burrow was running like a madman yesterday. Tony, I seen him running with two or three guys on his back. He was still getting yards. Why in the hell is Pat, uh, is Zach so pass heavy? They should have ran the ball more yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they got to run this at least twenty times. Okay. Yeah, he's ben averaging four point yeah, four.
5: Four point four yards a carry. On the season, uh, Joe Mixon in, in each of the first two games has had exactly 13 carries per game, and that is with a game in the pouring rain and a game where Joe Burrow wasn't 100%, and you're still averaging over four yards a carry. That, to me, is not acceptable. You, you've got to feed Joe Mixon more, which takes more pressure off Joe Burrow's calf. Yeah, I don't
9: get it, man. you got to run him at least 20, 25 times, and I think if they had have did that yesterday, they might have won the game. But, you know... What really killed us in the game yesterday, even Burrow playing hurt, was when uh, Lamar fumbled on his own ten. We recovered a ball, and then we get a stupid hands, hands to, the to the face yep. call. And that I think that was the backbreaker, Tony, yesterday.
5: Yeah. Uh, the, you know,
9: not counting Joe's pick, but... Sure. What? But, you know, is Zach Taylor, you know, his play call is all... Awful. He can't get Chase open. He can't get Higgins. You know, Higgins got open a little bit, but Chase just don't look like he's into it this year. I mean, he had that ball down there and right in his face in his hands. He let that guy he didn't secure it. I you know, other coaches get their stores open. I I just don't understand how come we can't.
5: Yeah, Perry, I appreciate your phone call, man. Thank you. It it does feel like the, the operation for the Bengals is a lot tougher. Um, there's a lot to unpack. There, it's just the the frustration right now with with this Bengals team is it, it's it's justified. That this is for this city of Cincinnati and, and what this off has been. the, the goal was again a Super Bowl, and they're not playing at that level. If everything we've talked about with the window being open as wide as it's going to be this year, would that cause more urgency inside the organization if Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor if, or if Zach Taylor's not getting it done would, would that be enough to say Zach that there's a small window here what we're doing calling plays isn't good enough we need someone else to do it and if not now then it's never going to happen but the urgency that that this team needs to start showing first what they have or, or have not shown to this point is a problem the the lack of rushing attempts when Joe Burrow is is clearly compromised is a problem. Austin, you sent me via via social media, you sent me like three or four clips right now that are that are part of the all 22 for the Bengals and on not one of those clips could you convince me Joe Burrow's healthy on the back leg. There's just nothing there. I also I I I kind of disagree with that.
1: I think that the Bengals came into this season Feeling comfortable with Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow came in saying, all right, it's not great, but I-, I can play. And you got out there and you come to find out, okay, I'm not as confident in my right leg. My mechanics are suffering. They aren't at operating at the level offensively that they could be. But to say that the opportunities are not there is just
5: wrong. No, no. I didn't say the opportunities so, aren't there. I'm saying that I, I he can't make the throw Yeah, but with here's, his back play. But here's the
1: thing. We can't have it both ways. We can't say it's all Zach Taylor's fault, but then you look at the film and say, Joe Burrow's missing a bunch of opportunities. And, you know, Zach needs to tailor the offense, no pun intended, to to what Joe can and can't do. On those three plays that I sent you, and, and I can retweet them, there are opportunities for
5: Joe Burrow to make the right decision, and it's not going to be a significant strain on his calf. So then you have to do this. So then you have to make the hard decision and say, if these play designs are working, and Joe Burrow is unable to make the throws physically. That's a tough conversation, but one you have to have. Correct. Because as a player, I can tell you from experience, you are never going to say I can't play. Mm-hmm. You have to be sat down, shown these plays, and say we are resting you.
1: Yeah, and, and so because that's...
5: Joe Burrow is always going to say what, I'm practicing. I'm mm-hmm. playing. That's mm-hmm. who I am. Yeah. You just paid Joe Burrow to be the highest paid player in the NFL history. But now you might have to have a conversation and say, you're not playing. You are going to rest. Because the level at which he's playing, the throws at which he's missing, yes, there are times during the game where they got to run the ball more. There are times during the game where the play design doesn't match the opportunity. But there are also clips where Jamar Chase is open. T. Higgins is open. Tyler Boyd is open. And the throw is either not being made or the throw is being made and it's inaccurate. And there's also, you know, moments like yesterday where on the third
1: down, whole shot has to get it down the field. He puts a great ball, drops it into Irv Smith. Irv doesn't get that second toe down. Like we have seen a little bit of all of it. And I, I don't I, I'm struggling with the notion of the Bengals and the way that they started is completely unacceptable, but Joe Burrow is hurt. The reason they are at the level that they are right now is because Joe Burrow is hurt. That is the number one reason for Mm -hmm. their struggles. Yes, the defense has sucked against the run. And yes, they can't get off the field on third down. Those are contributing factors. But if you are going to look at the failure or success of this team right now, it is primarily because of the fact that Joe Burrow is not performing. Whether that is because of his calf or not because of his calf, it's the fact of the matter. He's not performing. So now, like we talked about earlier, does Zach Taylor change the offense, maybe especially in the run game, to make it easier on him? Because I'm looking at these plays, and you know, three plays don't make an entire game. Three plays don't make an entire season. But I'm looking at plays cropped up, and we, we did this last week with the Browns game. You and I watched film for 25 minutes, and we had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, after opportunity that cropped up on that film to say, Joe Burrow missed this. Joe Burrow missed this. It's not there. And so, if Zach Taylor has changed the offense and is creating those opportunities for Joe and he is still not producing it, then you have to really look at it and say, you need to sit down, rest this calf, come back when you're ready because you're not helping us win football games right
5: now. I firmly believe... And that's a
1: tough conversation to have, like you said, because the pressure on this season, because of the amount of money that you just paid him, because of what this fan base expects out of this team now. I get it, but I can't look at it and say, oh, well, they are completely unacceptable the way they've started the season, but also say Joe Burrow's hurt. Like, the reason they're not good is
5: because he is hurt. I, I don't think since he has taken over, from my personal opinion, Zach Taylor as a play caller is good enough to lift everyone else around i i i watch elite play callers and the offense just seems to go with a rhythm and a, and a flair and a feel mm-hmm. where it's like man everything just seems to to connect how many elite play callers are there in the nfl shanahan mcdaniels uh andy reed all right can
1: you say andy reed because the chiefs offense is stutter is sputtering and the the commanders look
5: like the truth. Eric Bieniemy's in Washington, so Eric Bieniemy then would be one okay. of those play callers. I do think I'm I'm still putting Andy Reid up there. I, I McVeigh, Shanahan, Andy Reid,
1: Bieniemy, McDaniel, McDaniel. Um, so it's not like there's a bunch of
5: them. No, they all but, happen to be in the NF in the AFC. And except they happen for two to two of them. They happen to be with teams that are yeah. are going to be perennial contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I like what Philly's done. I think they're still growing a little bit. I like, uh, I like what Minnesota's at. Minnesota can score points. Kevin O'Connell, great on play anybody. Uh, I like what the Lions do. The Lions have turned Jared Goff into a top-level quarterback. Ben Johnson, yes. Um, so there are there are some of there them. are those out there. Here's the thing, though. Now it becomes magnified. But any because... of those with this offensive skill set, because what it comes down to, again. Are you going to ask Zach Taylor, who is not in that list that we just gave, are you going to add now he has to design plays with a limited Joe Burrow? Or if not, again, Joe Burrow, who would give anything to be out there every Sunday, you're going to have to because he's Joe Burrow is never going to come to you and say,
1: Yeah, I get that. I can't play. I get that. The, the problem here also is the fact that they aren't playing complimentary football. You can get away with what the Bengals have done the last couple of years, and they have gotten away with it because their defense has been very, very good. All of a sudden, if your defense is not getting off the field on third down, is not stopping the run, your offensive possessions all of a sudden come limited, become limited, well then, now the the, the microscope is on you as a play caller to an even bigger extent. You have to be more productive. In the past, the Bengals have gotten more chances, have gotten more opportunities, have given Joe Burrow the ball in his hands, and he's made the plays and gotten them through to the AFC Championship game and to the Super Bowl. But now, if your defense is not producing, and through two weeks, they have gotten their ass kicked, then it becomes even bigger on Zach Taylor. The spotlight becomes even bigger on Zach Taylor as a play caller, even bigger on Joe Burrow and his
5: calf. Which now this week becomes Monday Night Football coming into town, the Rams still have Aaron Donald on that defensive front. Mm-hmm. And now you're either you're going to have one of two things. The calf will not be 100% by Monday. So the conversation this week, can the Bengals win without Joe Burrow? Or can Joe Burrow, as on a compromised calf, find a way to beat the Rams? Neither of those things is ideal for a team 0-2 staring history in the face if they start 0-3. Uh, let's break. And uh, when we come back, let's uh, let's take these phone calls. Uh, let's talk some more bangles we'll do this all the way up until quick hits and then Austin you're uh, handling quick hits and checking in with Mo Egger while I hop in the helicopter and head to Twin Peaks that all still ahead Cincy 360 a service of Cincy shirts on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station Welcome back Cincy 360 a uh, service of Cincy shirts on ESPN 1530 cincinnati sports station uh let's get uh, back on the clock here short segment let's go to kenny who's uh calling in right now kenny what's going on how are you
7: good sir how are you no actually this is mark i'm miserable right <laughs> no i do a lot of impressions to so work with me no any caller should be allowed to say his own opinion how he feels without all the other Correct. regulars pounding yes. on him
5: and, and if people and, uh, don't and like it then me, they can it, call in
7: I'm Kenny and I got kicked and beat up pretty bad when I called a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> mm. Oh, I remember back. you Kenny. Yeah. yeah mm. well, the whole the whole talk back was pounding on me like Muhammad Ali.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for calling back in Kenny. Uh,
7: oh, did you see the last shot of Burrow running off the field? He said the F-word real big. Yeah. We were at church watching on a big screen. That was <laughs> real real good. That was fun seeing the whole congregation's mouth hang open.
5: Yeah.
7: Mm. Hey, Mo said he's going to smoke a big cigar after the Ravens lose. <laughs> he's not smoking one now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he uh, he brought two to yeah. the Holy Grail yesterday. One, well, he he wanted to smoke one the night before UC lost, so he didn't get to smoke it. So he brought it to Yikes. the Grail, Yikes. and he was going to smoke it after the win. So he Yikes. smoked one pregame, and then didn't get to another postgame. So. All things I'm going to check on with Mo when uh, when I see him here a in a nice few minutes. light weekend for Mo's lungs. It is. It's a win for yeah, Mo's great. lungs.
7: Well, thanks a lot. Have a great night, fellas. All right, Kenny. <laughs> Thank
1: you, Kenny. Wow, I for- totally forgot about Man. Kenny. Kenny. He's right back. Back like he forgot
5: something. You know, I think that's the lead today. What, Kenny? No. <laughs> Cincinnati sports lose. Mo's lungs win. That's true. A Huge win for the lungs of, of you one don't, Maurice Aga.
1: You don't inhale cigars. Yeah. Right, so maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe he does. It's a great, a great. Maybe he's like you know. I saw somebody over the weekend that have you ever heard of this? Chews cigars, just eats them. No, I saw it with my own eyes. Like it's a common thing for this individual.
5: I saw. Speaking of chewing on things, I'm I'm always guilty of chewing on like straws and stuff. Yeah, and you lie to me when I say what do you have in your mouth, and you nothing. say nothing. Nothing. And I can hear it in my ear. Do you know that there is now a company that are is making like spearmint golf tees? So, you can, so hit, you can put that in your mouth? And then you can hit it and put it in your mouth, and it's like a spearmint flavor. What are we doing? Because people now are just saying, look, people are going to chew on stuff. Might as well make it enjoyable. For what, what have we come to? It's a great question.
1: In this world.
5: I wondered that at about 145, 245, and 345 yesterday.
1: Mm.
5: What have we come to? I wondered that uh, about 8 o'clock on Saturday night, 9 o'clock on Saturday night. Just wasn't ideal. <laughs> what did I what do I miss about one forty five, two forty five, and three? During the Bengals game. Okay. I was wondering a lot of that. Okay. Then wondered on Friday night because the uh the Cincinnati uh the uh Redding. the reading. The Redding. Redding Blue Devils yeah. were able to win uh win their contest. Redden.
1: Redden. It was a it was a rough week for you on uh on our pick em segment. Yeah, it wasn't good. We'll, you uh, and Seg were uh pretty atrocious. Yeah, we'll see what happens tonight. One game left, but yeah. as of now, you are six and ten. Not my best.
5: Not my Six best. Six and ten. Sometimes I let my uh, my heart instead of my head make some picks. Right
1: now, your overall record this season, 33 and 27. Mm. My overall record, 34 and 26. from am a game up on you. Our guest pickers are a game under 500. they got to be better. 22 and 23. Sag, One game left tonight, though. SEG has brought down Sag, all of our guest pickers. SEG
5: by far the yep. worst guest picker so far. Four and 12. We'll be better. Week. We'll yes. be better. Let's break. Let's come back in a couple more minutes, and then I'm going to uh, hit in the uh, the iHeart helicopter. Yeah, this is going to be fun to do on Mondays. Yeah, and I'm going to get uh, to Twin Peaks. Uh, Cincy 360, a service of our good friends at Cincy Shirts on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. What's the winning...
1: Tony, you like the NBA, don't you? I do. Can we talk about how we had four... NBA starters Man At the Bengals game yesterday We almost had a starting five Right And not
5: just Ho-hum Run-of-the-mill starters we had some dudes Kevin
1: Durant Man Easy money sniper Slim reaper Devin Booker D-Book Luke Kennard Cincinnati's own Deuce McBride Cincinnati's own All at the game Support Joey B And the Bengals Mm. And then How about this did my pregame show at the Philson with Joe Walter, and at the Philson, wearing a Lamar Jackson jersey, was former former Louisville walk on. Oh no! And star Tim Henderson, really, who hit two big threes for Louisville in the final four of the year they won the twenty thirteen national championship.
5: Man, so we really did have a starting five. Man, write that down, Tone. I'm on it. There you go. A starting five yesterday. <laughs> Incredible. It is cool that people want to come to Bengals games,
1: and it you know have, it may have only lasted just this week, but <laughs> you know what I was thinking though from
5: from the standpoint of, of Durant and and Booker, they're in Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. That means they woke up at around six a.m. to jump on a plane, no, get to Cincinnati.
1: Durant was at a NBA like a Nike basketball thing,
5: okay, so- but they flew in. Probably. on Sunday morning because I know the person that, that was part of picking them up. Yeah. So I know they got in early Sunday morning. So they decided to make it a point to get up in their offseason, fly into Cincy for the game, and mm-hmm. then fly out yeah. when let's say you they could have done next week. They could have been Monday night football. I just think to come at a one PM start shows kind of where Cincinnati is now viewed. Now, again, this this is all in Contingent on on Joe Burrow being healthy, but yes, probably Burrow said, "Hey, you can come this game, but can't yeah. come any other times." So they're like, all right, <laughs> I'll be there. I do know. Uh, I think Burrow and Booker have have played golf together and and started a friendship when, when Burrow spent some time out in Arizona. So they connected at the the all white party earlier this summer. That's right. if right. You remember him Man. and KD for a while. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now uh, we just we just need Joe Burrow back on the field. Let let me let me. Zach Taylor speaks to the media today. I think so. Yeah, because we we normally we have a spot for it on on the the Tony and Mo football show.
1: Sometimes they move everything back a day when with Monday, Monday Night, night football. football.
5: Yeah, but I I am so interested to hear what what this is going forward, and and odds are Zach's going to keep it pretty close to the vest, and it's going to be a day to day thing. But there has to be some type of plan in place going on right now at uh at the facility. Like th- there has to be some tough conversations being had of. Do you rest? And if so, what time frame does that look like from a rest standpoint? Do you keep running them out there? And if so, is there anything from a rehab standpoint that you can try that you haven't tried yet that, that maybe allows him to play through this at a higher level? And if not, let, let, let's ask the hard question. At Joe, Joe Burrow, as we've seen him through two weeks, is that more of a viable option than a backup quarterback? Can this team win – the way that that people have expected them to win, can they win with Joe Burrow compromised health-wise? Is he a better option than anyone else out there? That's now what the Bengals have to wrestle with, and it doesn't help that he just became the highest-paid player in the history of the game. Because with that comes pressure. With that comes financial decisions that you now have to make next year. Um, You know, T. Higgins, D.J. Reeder. The list can go on and on, but you know these are now decisions that this organization, whether it's being talked about to the public or not, which it won't be, but behind those doors, there are some tough conversations being had at Paycor Stadium. And, and now what the Bengals decide from that has to be the move. You can't just keep second-guessing it because I'm sure there's a lot of that going on right now. Did you rush him back? If if you kept him out, he could have missed week one and maybe been healthy and 100% by now. And you're going to have those what-ifs. You have to live in right now. Right now, for the Cincinnati Bengals, what is the best course of action with 15 games left on the regular season schedule to find a way to not only make the playoffs, but but be 100% by then. Can Joe Burrow, if it, if it's two weeks, can he sit two weeks and, and they still have a shot to win those games and make the playoffs? I don't know. But I, I I I just don't feel right now that Joe Burrow, in the physical capacity he's in right now, that they can consistently win enough football games. If
1: Joe can't go, oh. if they shut him down, if they go and get somebody else to play, if the season's over after they lose to the Rams, do the Bengals hashtag tank for marvin oh boy bring oh boy. marvin harrison jr to cincinnati oh boy we're already starting t it. higgins goes i'm just kidding maybe i'm, you kidding. Can I'm ask, kidding i'm kidding maybe I'm
5: you kidding. can ask that to mo in quick hits <laughs> because i am heading to uh the tony and mo football show I'm, I'm
1: scared to talk to mo yeah good luck i feel like mo has you know kept it kind of cool with me but i feel like he is bubbling Good luck. And ready to explode.
5: That will finish off the edition of Cincy 360 (laughs) when we get back on ESPN 1530. Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Cincy shirts. In
4: 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. It's time for Cincy 360 Quick Hits on ESPN 1530.
1: Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back to Cincy 360. Tony Pike on his way to Twin Peaks in Westchester, where Mo Egger is standing by for the Tony and Mo football show. Mo joins us now for Quick Hits and Locks of the Night. Mo, hi. How are you?
8: Austin, I'm okay. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing okay as well. We we were talking, I don't know if you heard us, that you know, maybe Cincinnati sports were the big losers this weekend, but... Because you only got to smoke one of your cigars, your lungs were the big winner. <laughs> is is there is there some sort of positive that you can take out of this weekend at all? No. The Reds? No.
8: I mean, the Reds <laughs> won two out of three. Uh, you know, obviously lost the game yesterday and every, you know, they're, they're in such a tight race that <laughs> you can't yeah. minimize the impact of that. But they they won two out of three. If I sound to you, do I sound like I'm a little out of breath? No. Okay. Are well, you out of breath? If I do, if I do, you know, yesterday uh, Tony and I were with Ken Brew. We were we were broadcasting at the the Holy Grail, uh-huh. and uh, we got done at uh, at eleven o'clock. And and one of the the managers is a guy by the name of Tom, and he said to me, "Excuse, I'm catching my breath here." Mm-hmm. He goes, "What what's your day like tomorrow?" I go, "Well, I you know, I I got I got to go up to Kenwood and do some stuff. I got to be in Westchester." And he says. Um, any chance you could come down here and and chat with me? And I go, yeah, what's up? Because, well, there's just a a little bit of an issue we've got to talk about. So Mm. I went down there. You saw me in the office this morning. I went down there. I got there about quarter after one. I didn't have a lot of time. And what they wanted to do is, you know, they they videotape everything there at the Holy Grail. Yeah. And uh, Tom takes me up to the office. And we're watching uh, the tape, the surveillance tape from uh, Saturday evening. And yeah. I'm like, you know, it's a nice packed house at the Grail of college football Saturday. <laughs> I know what where What are this we looking at going. here? I know and where this is going. And finally, he zooms in on, on, on a guy and he says, is there any chance you know who this is? And I said, yeah, that's Austin Elmore. And he goes, well, he was acting just a little bit over the top that's when Miami that is beat Cincinnati. And so now I've seen it with my own eyes, yeah. how you were behaving. And uh, I didn't know you were such a Miami fan.
1: First of all, it's not to say I was over the top is not true. Uh, I, I was mm. happy. I was lie. I was clapping. I did raise my hands at one point. I said, "That's a catch!" To a lady behind me, was having fun mm. watching the game. Uh, yeah, I, I had I enjoy. It was a very good football game. I had been saying forever that I think I thought Miami was going to win. I had said it on our show multiple times. And so yeah. I, it was. I was happy to be right. So,
8: were you, you were happy about being right, or mm-hmm. you like you're a big Miami fan?
1: I was happy about being right. I like Miami okay. a lot. It's okay, one of my do. favorite places on the earth. Yeah, uh-huh. I've, I've been a big Chuck Martin yeah. guy. I've always said that. I like Miami.
8: Now, okay, fine. And I like Chuck and I like a UC really nice job in Oxford.
1: What's I, that? I, and I like UC. I've gone to the Battle of Victory Bell before, wearing UC uh-huh. gear, sitting with UC fans, and cheering for UC. Like Now, the the Chuck Martin thing, I yeah. like Chuck, too. Yeah. He's been yeah. on our show.
8: He's he's done a, a good job in Oxford. And as much as a Bearcat fan, I hated that Cincinnati lost to Miami. There was a part of me happy for Chuck that in his ninth game against Cincinnati, he he, he won. Uh, but I've never heard anybody say, I'm a huge Chuck Martin guy.
1: <laughs> I know.
8: So outline that for me. Explain I, that one
1: to I me. I like the way he carries himself. I like what he's done okay. with their program over the last several years. He's just. Yeah. A, I just think he's a good guy. I think he's a good mm-hmm. coach, and I like him.
8: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's you all. were really, really excited. I. I, was I wasn't even sure you'd ever been to Oxford. So I mean, I, I was some of the best memories. Some of the
1: you, best memories of my life have taken place in Oxford, Ohio, at like that university. Some of
8: the some of the the best moments I can't remember have taken place in <laughs> Oxford, but I just was. Well, I didn't know like where is Miami now in the pecking order? Because you're an Ohio State fan. Yeah. You went to NKU. NKU doesn't have football. So, so is like Miami your second favorite team? Like how does this I didn't know this about you.
1: No, I really don't have a second favorite team. No. I was I was pulling for well, Miami just, that night. I was rooting for the underdog. Great story. Mm. You know, okay. team that I like. I root for UC all, right. all the time. You know this. And you know,
8: well, you know. Okay. I'm just I, I I just the tape don't lie. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> I, I know what I saw.
1: I was excited, but over the top is certainly a stretch. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? You want to, you know, anything from, the, from Sunday or, or what do you guys have on the show coming up? Any of that stuff?
8: Well, Let me ask you this. Okay, uh, here we go. And you, you've talked about, no, 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 seriously. Mm-hmm. They're 0-2. They were 0-2 last year. Does this feel dramatically different from last season? Yes. Of course it does. Because at the end of the second game last year, you thought, Joe's going to get better. Like, he's coming off an appendectomy. He'll round into form. Uh, Joe Burrow limped off the field yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm certainly not going to be asked to examine his calf, but I'm sort of led to believe that this is not going to be an isolated thing where it just it – happened it goes away. It took six weeks for him to come back to the practice field. And so – how is this going to play out moving forward? I would love to default to track record and the fact that they started 0 and 2 last year. These things couldn't be more apples to oranges as far as I'm concerned because of the Burrow thing, and so we're we're going to talk about that extensively today. I, I think we have to also boy tell you what uh, all I heard off all summer long was how good the Bengals defensive line was. Mm-hmm. Did did we see the issues getting off the field on not exactly third and twelve either? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they the, uh, uh, Baltimore yesterday had uh, third and three, third and two, third and three, third and one, third and five, yep. and every single time the Ravens just said, yeah, okay, we're going to shove it down your throat. W- what happened to this defensive line that was so dominant uh, during training camp that was marginally beaten up by Nick Chubb last week, and I probably shouldn't even be using the word marginally, and then yesterday was abused by the Baltimore Ravens?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the part that is kind of – you know, in the shadows of Burroughs' calf is the fact that 72% of the time opponents are converting on third downs against the Bengals' defense, and they're giving up 4.9 yards per carry through the first two games. N- nothing – no defense is going to be sustainable. No team is going to be successful when your defense is that bad and you're yeah. putting an even bigger amount of pressure and magnifying on your, uh, on your offense, and especially when your quarterback is – as dinged up as he is it's it's not going to go well tony will be joining you quickly uh in just a little bit for uh the tony and mo football show in the meantime let's get to locks of the night
7: hey degenerates it's time for locks of the night presented by cincy shirts visit either store in Hyde park or on dixie highway in fort mitchell and always online at cincyshirts.com. now let's make you some money a very tony, strong, strong
1: this, this weekend, weekend. For, uh, well, there's of one more
8: thing we're, we're going to do on the show today that sure. I wanted to point out. We, we are going to come up with what the ideal weather has to be for the Bengals to play well.
1: Okay. All right. Because in
8: Cleveland, I was told it rained, and then yesterday it was like 74 and sunny. Right. And they didn't play well.
1: Okay. Interesting.
8: What what does the weather have to be for the Bengals to play
1: well? Apparently really cold because they seem to be good in the playoffs.
8: I think Carolina can run the ball effectively enough to keep this game close at home against uh, Carolina. By the way, love two Monday night football games. Yes. Uh, Give me the Panthers and the points. There's a bunch of props that I like. Unders are hitting all over the place week one. Unders have hit all over the place in prime time. Unders have hit all over the place when the home team is an underdog. Kevin Stefanski, uh, unders with a 43 uh, total of 43 or lower, 69%. Deshaun Watson's the king of the under. I'm going under Steelers-Browns. The posted total right now is 38.5 points. I'll go over 82.5 Nick Chubb rushing yards. I'll go over 42.5 George Pickens receiving yards. As for the game itself, hard stay away from me.
1: All right, there it is, Mo Egger with your locks of the night. Mo will be joined by Tony the next three hours, the Tony and Mo football show live from the Twin Peaks in Westchester. Mo, thank you so much.
8: Were you a big – uh, sh- who was? The, uh, the, I used to go to University Montgomery. of. Were you a big I used fan to live his? in
1: Finley. I used to go to University of Finley Euler football games. I liked them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Were,
8: were you a fan of who was the, the guy that uh, was there for a year and went to Pitt and then uh, Harwood? Were you a fan of him?
1: I don't know who you're talking at Miami? about. Miami. I don't know. Who you you're big Charlie about. Cole's guy? Oh yeah, yeah.
8: Actually, I was too. Yeah.
1: Big Wally Zerbiak guy. You big mad? I love Wally Zerbiak. B-
8: ben Roethlisberger. What about
1: my guy Bogans? From the Chicago Bulls. That's right. Yeah. See you later, Mo. See ya. That's Mo Egger, big mad, just like many of you were over the weekend. I'll enjoy a victory lap. Let's get back to football. What do you say? Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tony. Thank you to myself for producing. Thank you to Mo for joining us. Thank you to Taryn for being in here. And uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow on Cincy 360 on the home of the Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN.